broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas. It's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 34 of the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show for December 2019. My name is Jonathan Leung, and I'm the producer, director, and editor of the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today, as always, is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, in a very festive hat, I should say. <laughs> I should say uh, so, like exactly. Tim Peterson is with me, guys, and uh, please welcome him to the show, like you have to. But, you know, uh, how's it going, Tim? Great. We had some little problems. Guys, um, YouTube has changed their live streaming platform, Yeah. and we could not find the Go Live button <laughs> to save our lives, but we did find it, so we are live now. Thankfully. Right. So it took a little bit. Thank you for bearing with us. It was just a weird thing where, Tim, apparently you have to have that, that window maximized in order to see the go live button, and yes. I did not realize this. So Now uh, we know. Now we know. We will know that going <laughs> forward. But um, there's some changes that YouTube has made, Tim, and this is on their part, and so we're still trying to learn some things, but uh, I think we're in the clear now. I think we're okay. I see audio. I see video. I think we're okay. Yeah. Okay, so if you guys can see us in the live chat, please let us know, and hopefully everything will go well going forward. And then we had some other technical difficulties with playing the intro music and some other things. So I think we got it all, all right. ironed up. Okay. Are we going to be good? I think so. Okay. What are you, you guys seeing this? Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. Now, it says that we're, um, it, it's, it's saying that there may be a little bit of a delay, so our stream health may be a little low, guys. So uh, bear with us while it continues to kind of catch up. Okay. Because usually, Tim, what we do is we'll stream for a while to let the, let the video catch up and things, right. the audio catch up. And so it may be poor for a while until it starts buffering well. So, again, bear with us while we have some technical some technical di- deals. So we are recording this, Tim. We always record them now because we right. had that one episode where we didn't record it and ended up losing a lot of it. So ever since then, we do record them. So if for some reason this gets all jumbled, we'll upload the video recorded copy for you. So. The chat room looks pretty busy. Yes, we got a lot of people in here tonight. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Jason says, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully yeah. you had a great Thanksgiving, Tim. Very good. Uh, let's see what else we got on here. Merry Christmas Arcade Bros from Seahorses at Night, Tim. So uh, one of our Merry regulars Christmas. there. Uh, let's All night, excuse me. All night. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Doug Jones says, works. Discussion time with Arcade Repair Tips. Yes, stream looks solid so far. Okay. I think awesome. we're in the clear. Let's get started. There we go. So thank you guys for joining us tonight. It has been a crazy December for me, Tim. I don't know about you. How's it going for you? It It's one of those where you know Christmas time is coming, and it's still coming. Whether you, It's like it can't... When you're a kid, you, it seemed like it was a year away, you know, that last month. Now it's like, oh my gosh, I got got so much to do, got stuff to get ready for, got stuff to buy... It's really getting crazy, and we've been busy at work, too, so that's been good. Well, I think not having that extra, like, half week after Thanksgiving that we yeah. usually have. Like, usually you have Thanksgiving, you can kind of have, like, a half week in November left before you move into December. Right. Not having, like, that extra five or so days, four days in between, I think has accelerated everything. Tim. I think so. I'm, I'm kind of freaking out because I don't have the lights up on my house yet, and I'm, I'm thinking they may only be there a week if, yeah. <laughs> by the time I get them up. So, uh, hopefully you guys are doing better than we are as yeah. far as decorating is concerned, but... Tim, we are not here to talk about Christmas decorating unless no. you're putting arcade machines in your front yard. So um, <laughs> then we are. But otherwise, we're here to talk about, of course, arcade repair. Now, remember, you can interact with us during the live show in the live chat room. Tim, we got a lot of people already in there, like I you mentioned. It's busy. I do want to throw something right up front. Okay. Uh, literally about an hour before we went on, uh, maybe an hour and a half before we went on today, Eric... 
from the Question and Answer podcast texted me and said they have put together a new episode. Yay! And so it will be uploaded shortly. It's ready to go. They didn't answer any questions in this one, but what they did was they covered what it took to open up their location of the Game Preserve in Houston. Awesome. So if you guys are interested in what it takes to... Put together your own free play arcade. You can listen to Eric and Rusty describe the exact process to you. Um, he said it's about 45 minutes long. I have not listened to it yet because obviously I just got the message about an hour and a half ago. But it will be up soon. So if you, for those of you guys who are fans of the Question and Answer podcast, you're going to get a new episode. That's so we'll great. continue to put the live show on the Question and Answer podcast feed. But um, there should be new episodes coming out. Eric says they're ready to do monthly. Nice. So I actually put them out monthly. So um, that'll be very exciting, Tim. I'm very excited. 2020 is already starting off. Right. Exciting for me. So we got a lot of Merry Christmases. Uh, TXJYT says Merry Christmas, y'all. Danny says uh, Merry Christmas. Glad to see you guys again. Glad to see you again, Danny. Yeah. So glad to see everybody here, in fact. So, but uh, Tim, I think. No question. So we want to get started. I was about to say, I think we're pretty much caught up with the live chat, so let's go ahead and move into some questions. Now, Tim, we actually have some follow-ups. Oh, good. And so we're going to move into the follow-ups before we get into any questions. And so, Tim, this first one is from Michael. Now, Michael sent a question about his junior pack, basically wondering what he should do, whether he should do 60 in one round. I remember this question. Board repair or replace monitors and stuff like this. And so this was him writing back basically to let us know what happened. And he said, just wanted to let you know I did get it up and running with a Pac-Man to Jam adapter. And Tim, I think we had mentioned mentioned that he could use that since it was a conversion. Right. If it was a dedicated, you could not. But since it was a conversion, he could use that. He says he puts the 60 and 1 in the cabinet. He also put an LCD monitor in it as my chassis needs a cap kit and a new flyback, which I intend on doing soon. So I have the original monitor in it because I want it as original as possible. Thanks for all the help. And Tim, there's nothing wrong with putting an LCD in there as a temporary solution because Tim, nobody wants a down game. Right. So a down game doesn't get any love, doesn't get any play. So, I mean, if you want to take the monitor out, get you a nice arcade mountable LCD, put it in its place temporarily while you can get that um, that uh, CRT fixed. Then at least you have a working game in the you know before, and you don't have to fix the CRT right now. You can wait a little the, bit on it. That's the actual picture of his game. Right yes, there. that is the actual picture. So let's load it back up here. So these are the pictures of his game sim. So he has a, a Junior Pac Man there. He's got a Miss Pac Man and a Mario Brothers. And it looks like the Mario Brothers also has an LCD in it. Tim, just looking at it, looks cool. Yeah. So I mean, you know, like I said, and it looks like that's a wide body, correct? Uh huh. Yeah. Very. So I mean, it doesn't have the. It's not the blue cabinets that we think of with Nintendo. So, but um, definitely some cool stuff there. So, Michael, congrats on getting that Junior Pac-Man back up and running, and hopefully you can get the CRT fixed very soon and get all that great uh, Junior Pac-Man gameplay going in its original form. Yeah, and we should say that we really enjoy the follow-ups, and I'm sure you guys enjoy it too because you probably remember that question. So, uh, some of you guys, if we've helped you some way, or even if you're still battling. Uh, we love the follow-up questions and uh, responses because it kind of updates us and this lets us know that it, uh, we did some good. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, Millstar Electronics says, uh, Mario Brothers Wide Body Cabinet. Millstar, is that... Um, is that Mark? Mark, is that you? Uh, oh, like Mark, our um, Facebook moderator. Okay. I don't know if it is or not. If it's you, just just say it's me. <laughs> but um, I think it is. But I always forget. So, um, but if it's you, let us know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it was a wide body there, Tim. Because I mean, I used to have one of those as well. I mean, uh-huh. that's a great cabinet. Love that cabinet. Hard to find sometimes the artwork for the wide bodies, but um, a, a nice cabinet, easy to play side by side in and everything like that. So let us continue here with Greg Tim. Another follow up, and you may remember that Greg was asking us about laminate. I do remember this question. Yeah, so I he says, this question. 
Hey guys, just wanted to thank you for your help on uh, and for answering my questions. I'm a big fan. Just wanted to share with you what you helped me build and say thanks. This is my latest build from scratch. It's a 20-year reunion theme arcade with some custom design graphics. Uh, I used... I used the 20-year packgal.zip ROM so I could have the correct game on it. I also did want to note that getting to the buttons, getting the buttons to work on that ROM was extremely difficult, but I figured it out using the main menu and input config. And Tim, you got to see this thing. It is beautiful. He says, oh, wow. I also have a button hotkey to go to the games list, power button, and USB ports in front. Wouldn't look half as good without your guys' help and tutorial vids and so there you go tim uh some i, I mean this thing looks very sharp yeah uh, i mean and i love how he did the bezel on on the screen as well but uh tim if you didn't tell me if you told me that that was a dedicated cabinet i'd probably believe you i, would, I think so it yeah looks i mean really just, good. exactly just because of the way that he laid everything out so uh it just it looks sharp I like the midway and, sticker at the bottom and on the control panel too. yeah exactly cool looking oh it looks great and, and so like i said he really um he really did a great job, I think, with all of that stuff, and uh, it just looks really nice. So now he he continues here. Tim, he actually had a question too, and we should mention that Greg has his own YouTube channel, The Regzer Show. Okay. So if you guys want to check out some of his work, I believe he did a video on that cabinet. So if you want to see that cabinet, you can. But um, Greg says, "Can you help me understand JAMA in layman's terms? I hear the word JAMA thrown around with JAMA harness, JAMA board, JAMA this, JAMA that, OEM board with JAMA, etc. I'm sure this has been asked before, but good." Google isn't the greatest for noobs understanding JAMA, especially when I am an emulation guy. So, Tim, uh, obviously this is something that we cover on getting familiar with the JAMA standards in one right. of our videos. But for those people who may have not seen that or maybe you just want it from the barest, barest levels, well, explain to us what JAMA is. I can kind of remember does. back when we first started collecting and going to auctions, uh, people would talk a lot about JAMA. And I just kind of nod my head and I, I kind of understood, but I didn't really. You mm -hmm. know, it was like... But it's really simple. It's basically an acronym. Right. And it stands for, um, well, it got, let's, let's do a little bit of history lesson. Back in the early 80s and stuff, a lot of boards were not interchangeable. In fact, if you have a Miss Pac-Man board, you don't want to hook that up into a Donkey Kong cabinet or so forth. A lot of them won't fit because the wiring connector is longer. So what they did was they, uh, JAMA actually stands for the Japan... Amusement Machine and Marketing Association. So that's worth a J-A-M-M-A. And I've actually heard it called different things, but I believe that is the correct one. Um, but Some people say Jap J Japan, Japanese. I yeah, mean, Japanese. Amusement. Amusement. And I've heard. And marketing Association. Yeah. So what it what or it manufacturers, down to is, I think I've heard Amusement Machine and Manufacturers Association. I don't know. Right. It's some variation of that. That's why you also hear the term the JAMA standard. In other words, what they did was they kind of standardized how the wiring should be done to games so that you could switch boards, you could trade out games. Really, it was born out of necessity as much as anything because people were, like they were getting these games and they wanted to convert them to something else, but then they'd have to rewire everything. This made conversions, especially, I think about a lot when the fighting games came along and stuff, you could really convert a game in an afternoon and have a new game. Right. And for the operator, this was a real dream. In fact, um, did you see the thing that Pat Dennis did about Mr. Do? Uh -uh. It was crazy, and how it was, uh, when they come up with the later versions, how that they were kits that were sold for like $300. So can you imagine having that game in an arcade spending three? Two or three thousand dollars on a brand new arcade, or three hundred dollars, and on you got a kit. brand new game on a right. kit. 
Well, no brainer, right? So these were great things to happen. Um, so basically, it's the edge connectors or the wiring and how it's wired. So if it's wired JAMA, for the most part, you can swap ones, swap out. Now there's JAMA Plus, which, you know, you have like extra buttons and things like that. Um, the main thing you have to watch is that you don't put, hook it up backwards. We've done that in the right. past and stuff, but... Um, Most, a good harness will specify whether you're solder side or part side. And so, you know, if you have a good harness in there, the edge or the edge connector itself will specify this is the part side, this is the solder side. You can plug them in backwards. The key, though, if the board, if the harness is a good harness, it will have a key in that pin seven position, which will prevent you from plugging it in backwards. But not all harnesses have that key. That's right. something to keep in mind. It's kind of like think of it this way. Let's imagine in your house when we went to Europe last summer and went to Germany. None of my wife got her hair dryer out, and she's like, "What do I do? I can't plug it in because the voltage was different." You know, so can you imagine that um, if every plug in your house was different, and you could only plug certain appliances into certain ones? Well, no, all the plugs in your house are all the same, whether you live in Europe or whether you live here in the United States. That's why it's a standard. That's a standard that has been set that says so much voltage comes out here. And that's what they did with JAMA. They made a standard that says uh, the voltage should go here, wiring should go here, buttons should go here, up and down would be here, and it just made it so much easier. So I hope that maybe that's one way to explain it. I know you got a slide, Jonathan, that you'll show. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and throw it up here and read it. So uh, JAMA stands for Japan Amusement Machine and Marketing Association. But Tim, I've also heard Japanese Amusement Machine and Manufacturers Association. Yes, I have so heard I'm that. So I'm not sure which one it is per se. And uh, this was from Wikipedia says this, but I've seen it both ways. So all we know is that it was something that the Japanese manufacturers came up with in order to standardize the wiring, like you mentioned. And I 1985, this association introduced a wiring standard, which is why we call it the JAMA standard. We just don't call it JAMA, uh, involving a 56-edge connector, pin-edge connector, and that's 28 on each side, Tim. So Uh 56 pins in all, 28 on each side. That standard was quickly adopted by the majority of game manufacturers and is still in use today. There are still games today, Tim, that use JAMA, right? Right. So PCBs that use the JAMA standard can be swapped out very easily with little to no modification needed to the wiring of the cabinet. Before JAMA, each game manufacturer had their own wiring schemes, which made cabinet conversions conversions extremely difficult for operators. So if you go back, and a lot of people, if you have anything before that 1985, and even stuff after 1985, some stuff, uh, had their own pinouts. And so in order to know, like, you know, where to wire up the video signals, where to wire up your controls, you had to have the pinouts for that particular game. When you converted the game, you had to repin it. You may even have to, to put on a whole new edge connector. Right. Depend- a lot of times you had to because they were, you might only have 22 pins. Right. Or versus 26 or something, you know. Of course, double that. With right. the, with but with JAMA, with JAMA, the standard means that pretty much every JAMA board is compatible with a JAMA cabinet, for the most part. Now, there are variations on that. Tim, we talk about kick harnesses, which right. extends the number of buttons that you can have. Some um, variations of that include Neo Geo, which has a slightly different JAMA variation. Uh, but, Tim, even in those variations, a lot of times, you can still plug those boards up and get video. Yeah, and it won't get voltage. hurt or damage right. the board by doing it. You plug some boards into another game you could actually destroy or hurt the 
board. Right, but pl- but plugging a JAMA board into a JAMA harness in most ca- in almost every case will not hurt the board. Uh, you may not function properly based on you know the, the difference is in the wiring, basically on the controls, Tim. It seems like that's where it varies the most is on the control side of the board. But for the most part, you should be able to plug it up and test a board in pretty much any JAMA cabinet. There may be some slight exceptions to that, but yeah. for the most part, it is a standard that is is pretty well maintained and yeah. the people here. Now, the standard is there, but we've also uh, done a video about what is the best one because you do have to watch now there are different kinds of jammer harnesses just like there are different kinds of cars and sure. different types of shoes sneakers to wear so we definitely recommend a one with uh the thicker wires that are uh, soldered on there um that, there are cheap ones so be careful just because it meets the standard is only means that wires are in a certain place maybe not be very good quality. Correct. And, and, so and Danny like, actually, uh, you know, came up here and said, I got a question as to the best place to buy JAMA harness that has English instead of Japanese. I think that leads into right <laughs> into uh, something. Have uh, we released this video? We have released this video. Okay. So we do have a video on what we think is the best JAMA harness. It's sold by HollandComputers.com or RetroArcade.us. Um, but you guys can get the Holland Computers JAMA harness, which does have English on it. On both sides, right. uh, most of the harnesses you see either have Chinese or Japanese or some or a other sticker on one side and nothing sticker, on the other side. Right. So um, the Holland Computers one is always the one we're going to recommend for JAMA harnesses because the gauge of the wiring is very good and the it is actually printed in English on there to make it easier. Um, somebody mentioned it is keyed. I mentioned that too. Pin seven is typically a key. Tim, some JAMA harnesses do not have a physical key in that position, right. which means you can plug it in backwards if you're not careful. Very, very easily. The Holland do. Computers does have a physical key there, which makes which means so you, you can't, can't plug, plug it in, in backwards. Um, but if you buy a cheap JAMA harness, there are there is a chance that you may not have that key in pin seven. The actual like a physical key block there that right. that, key, that prevents you from plugging it in backwards. So again, if you're going to buy a JAMA harness, it's good to get one that has the key in pin seven. So. Uh, let's see what else we got here, Tim. I'm gonna go. And back it's through. good to. Oh, go ahead. It's good to kind of once you do a lot of wiring, you'll eventually kind of memorize it. But we always keep a sheet nearby. Don't tr- don't trust your memory. Trust you know. So when it's written on the harness, though, wow, that makes it ten times easier. You don't have to look it up. You don't have to uh, get a piece of paper out. We used to keep a chart on the wall. Uh, those type of things go away when it's printed right on the harness. A chart that you can print out if you go to arcaderepairtips.com/slash/jama.html. Yeah. So you guys can actually get that printed out. It's very handy. So um, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see. John John Mellon says, where can I get an 8-bit harness for my Shinobi Wonder Boy? Um, so it depends. Like, I'm not sure what the pinout is for that, for the Shinobi board off the top of my head. But you can get pretty much any kind of edge connector. Right. You know, you can find, like, the edge connectors at Mauser and DigiKey will uh-huh. sell the individual edge connectors. So if you know how many pins your edge connector is on, like, Shinobi, for instance, you can get an edge connector that has that many pins on it. And then the point five, uh, .156, right, .156 yes. pins in the edge connector are the ones that you want. And so if you buy the edge connector and then buy the pins, crimp the wires. Well, she may be looking them. for where to just purchase one. Right. And not, we're talking about building one. Correct. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody sells that, but... Somebody in the chat room may know. If you do know somebody... Arcade Shop, I wouldn't be surprised. Sometimes, um, or sometimes... Arcade Parts and Repair is another one. Uh, yeah, and some of our those? suppliers might would build you one uh, for charge if you asked them to. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard to do it yourself because, right. I mean, it's basically just crimping the one, the point one five six pins onto the wires and inserting them into the edge connector, Tim. But, um, you know, if you're not comfortable with that, I'm sure that they're, like Tim mentioned, one of our suppliers would be happy to help you out with that. And, you know, if you have the pinouts, though, and you know the number of pins, it's not a hard process at all. So, 
Okay, let's see what else we got. Um, let's see. Rick and Morty pinball, somebody says, discuss. Um, maybe in the discussion section we'll talk about that. Tim, that kind of broke yesterday really quick, so I didn't ah, make a slide for it, okay. unfortunately. So um, text JYT. Maybe we'll get it in here in a little bit. But uh, yeah. So, Is it a new Stern? Yeah, Spooky. Spooky. Okay. So Spooky and that's Rick and Morty. That would make more sense. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but we'll, we'll, maybe we'll nice. get to that here in a little bit. So um, what else we got here? Okay, and everybody said like Neo Geo is slightly different. That is correct. Uh-huh. So um, Neo Geo, there are some that take variations. The multi games, like the elf boards that you have, game elf boards and the um, Pandora's okay. box, right? Either. Are different as well. Some of them you have to add a ground. Some of them you take the ground away. Yeah, just but depending. for the most add part, add another control to the bottom. But right. that's one of the great things about it is it's like almost like everything. Um, I- I'll tell you guys a funny story. We were working on a game at, at Chuck E. Cheese one time. And um, I was trying to teach my ATEC about that, how that would work. And I had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle board jamma, and I plugged it in. And it came up on the screen. He was like, "What?" It flipped, kind of freaked him out. He was like, "How are you playing? You know, how are you playing Ninja Turtles on Friend at Fred or whatever?" I said, "Cause it's jamma," and right. that's how I knew. Also, it helps a lot troubleshooting. I knew exactly which wires were the 5 and the 12 and stuff like that. So it really does help. Another reason why we like the 16-1 board for testing, and because 16-1 board, 16 boards are cheap. If you blow one up, you're not blowing up anything special. And they are jamma. So, uh-huh. I mean, if you're looking for something to keep around as a test board, the 16-1 boards are actually really good to keep around for test boards. If you've watched our videos, you also hear us talk about 8-liners because they're jamma. Yeah, a lot of 8-liners and, are jamma. Um, a lot of those boards would work just for testing. Yeah, and you can get, they actually make boards for testing, but those are kind of high. And if you have something that has like an input, like the 61 board has the input test right. and stuff like that, then it kind of serves the same purpose. It makes it easy too on the 61 because you can plug in a computer monitor or something to it. Exactly. So there's a lot of a lot of benefits to the 61 boards, but the A-liner boards are good too, and you can find them cheaper usually than 61 boards. Right. So that's something to keep in mind. Let's see. One Pond Star says, "Hey guys, I'm having trouble with a Wells Garner K7000 with adjustment coil. It won't turn for me. I can't find anywhere to buy a new one. Any ideas?" Yeah, Tim. Unfortunately, getting with coils for the K7000 has become kind of a challenge. Okay. So um, now, what you can try is you can try a with kit. Uh-huh. Okay, which is something that you may try. So um, we've talked about this before. And Bob Roberts has Bob Roberts, uh, the real Bob Roberts.net has a great article on with kits, which are basically replacing the polypropylene capacitors that are on on the chassis itself. Right. So um, you you could try a with kit, but um, unfortunately, finding the with coil Tim is very very tricky nowadays. Right. And uh, so I know that you could check with some of our arcade uh, buddies that repair monitors. Sometimes they might. Your best bet sometimes is finding an old chassis that doesn't work or somebody has and robbing that part off of there because they don't really go freeze up like you're talking about where you can't turn them at all. They're basically no good. And the more you try, a lot of times you just end up breaking them. Right. Um, we have heard of people, uh, you know, kind of cleaning them and stuff and ha- getting that to loosen up. But uh, for the mo- And then I have seen other people... Um, just solder on to something else, you know, the wires underneath or something. It's it just, the problem is getting something that'll mount in there. Right. Not something that'll work, just something that'll mount. And so, um, but check with our our guys and look for those K7000s on eBay and places where they're uh, for sale. A lot of times, uh, that won't be the problem. People will just replace with a... Um, like one of the universals. Yeah, they'll just replace it with a universal... Or whatever, but the width cool on um, nine out of ten of them are good. Sure. 
Sounds good. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, let's see. Wancho O says, hey guys, I just found out about your channel because I need help with some things. Thanks for all the informative videos. So oh, that's good welcome. too. Thanks for being here. We we uh, we love having everybody here tonight. And Tim, we got a good group of people. And you're so. welcome to uh, ask a question in the chat room. Although I will have to say that this font is a lot smaller than the old font. You think we, it's you think it's smaller? I think it is. Well, I maybe think the, the, the maybe you can read it better. I should have brought my glasses. Uh, yeah, it may be hard to read. I don't know. It, it, they've got they've gone with the dark theme too. So yeah. it's it's a dark. It's black on white instead of white on black like what we had before. Right. And so I think that makes it a little bit harder as well. So, but anyway, okay. Let us continue on here, Tim. Man, we're just talking about all the tech side of things tonight. I feel, we're pulling the <laughs> curtain back for you guys. So there we go. Uh, it's Christmas. Why not? Yeah. So there we go. Let us continue on here, Tim, with Seth. And Seth says, I have a question about the Miss Pac-Man Galaga 20th Anniversary Cabinet, which, um, uh, who was it, Greg just did like a, a very nice model. Right. But this guy actually, Seth actually has a real cabinet, apparently. The game powers on fine and the screen works. It shows the demo, but the buttons and joysticks don't work. Pushing them doesn't make anything happen. I've unplugged it, cycled the on-off button. I've tried to bring it into test mode, but none of those worked. I opened the back door to inspect the wiring. From a cursory look, all the connections are secure and the soldering is tight. Any advice on what you think the issue is may be, or is, maybe is appreciated. Or any advice on what you think the issue may be is appreciated. Gotcha. I can read. <laughs> okay, thanks, Seth. So there we go. So let's go ahead and uh, talk about that, Tim. So we have Seth. He's got a Miss Pac-Man Galaga 20th anniversary, a very popular arcade mm-hmm. game. But none of his controls work. And, Tim, this is a common question we get a lot, and we like to cover it. So, Tim, why don't you go ahead and walk Seth well, through some troubleshooting. We'll here. start real simple. For one, if the game isn't in free play, that if without being coined up or it won't do anything. So I know that may sound rudimentary, but believe me, or, believe it or not, I have caught myself going, "What's wrong?" And I'm like, "Oh well, it's I'm so used to putting my games in free play when they're not." Sure. So you can try to coin it up if it requires one, or you can jumper that switch and see if just by giving credits, because uh, I'm assuming though that he's getting credits. And the game won't start or do anything. That's what usually happens. In fact, I had one in my garage not long ago. You remember yep. you came over and helped me wire. Same game. And a broken ground wire uh, some from the harness up. It kind of got pinched where the control panel sets up in there. And there was a, just a tiny break. You really could barely even see it with your eyes. But when we tested with a meter, we found a short. And that one wire caused everybody... The stuff that wouldn't work. So I'm a little concerned that you can't get it into test mode either, unless that ground is connected. I was about to say, if that's a shared ground with everything else, then that would make sense. Which it, it could definitely be. So what you do is get your meter, put it on continuity, and start checking those ground wires from your harness to the endpoints and two points in between. You probably got a break in your ground wire. And that's why it's not recognizing, it's not seeing it, because it doesn't understand what you're doing or pushing or hitting because that circuit is not completed. And can we talk about JAMA for a second? I mean, obviously we've been sure. talking about it. But um, the ground wires that are at the um, the lower end of the chassis that are near the power, yes. those ground wires go to the power supply. Right. Okay, the ground wires that are at the far end in pin 27, 28, That's those are the ones that go to your controls. Some people get those mixed up or they try to jumper off of the, the one and two pins or they off, off of the grounds at the top, and I, I forget what number they are off, off the top of my head, instead of 
instead of just using pin 27, 28 grounds. Pin 27, 28 grounds are there for your controls. Okay, so make sure when you're wiring it that you put the pin 27, 28 ground wires going to your control panel and going through your daisy chain. Okay? Yeah. The other ones are made for your power supply. They're meant to go to your power supply. So um, you can jumper off of them as long as they're making a good connection to sure. the power supply, but we don't recommend it. It's not really the way it was designed. Tim. Right. And some people will do that. We've seen it before. But uh, that's what pins 27, 28 are for. It's for that output ground going to all of your controls. So make sure that you wire it as such. Anything else here, Tim, before um, before I bring up the slide? No, here it, we don't really know much of a history like, did you buy it and it wasn't working or did it just quit one day? And then, I mean, there's probably a rare exception, you know, where you could have all your grounds and everything is working. Maybe something went on and wrong internally with your board. It's just so rare. Most of the time, it is a ground wire because they're daisy-chained and all it takes... Think of it like this. We're, 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 I'm going with a lot of examples tonight because this one is perfect. I just put up my lit Christmas tree, and guess what? You had a strand up. About, yeah, <laughs> right in the middle, you yeah. know. It's like, it wasn't working. My, my wife is flipping out, and I'm looking at her, and she goes, well, look out, none of the lights work. And I'm like, sweetie, it's a, it's, it's a bad bulb. Once you find, find the last good one, the next one, you replace that bulb. She goes, how do you know it's that one? I said, because it doesn't go on past that. That's mm-hmm. where the buck stops right there. We actually found where when we put the tree together, we had hit the wire. Oh, there you go. And I'm like, oh, it's simple fix. We got this. You know, and then, of course, all I did was just kind of rudimentary uh, plug that, get a buck connector, and, and fix it. And then all the lights left. She's like, oh, my gosh, you fixed it. You know, and then I'm like this big hero. And I'm like, you don't know how many times we've done this on an arcade game. You used, used the butt connector, huh? Right. Not solder and seal? No, I didn't. I didn't even Not have, a wire nut? I just, that's all I had. It oh, was okay. quick. I just went strip, strip, click, click, and it was fixed. And she was like, wow. But anyway, um, that's somewhere simpler. Like, you can think of that, how each light is daisy-chained, and when one doesn't work, or wherever it stops. So sometimes you got to find, like you might have some buttons working, but not all of them. And so trace down that wire to where, okay, I've got continuity here, here. Oh, I don't have it here. There's your problem. Or you can even go backwards sometimes. It's easier. There you go. So I'm going to go ahead and bring up this real quick, uh, the slide. Control issues like you're describing can be caused by several things. First off, make sure that your game is either on free play or that you have inserted a coin if it requires one. Most games will not let you use the controls until you have inserted a coin or entered a coin, if on coin play, and press the start button. Make sure you are fulfilling these requirements. Happens a lot, Tim. Sometimes people don't. The most common reason for non-working controls is a break in the ground wire daisy chain. Most arcade games use a common ground wire for all control switches. If this wire breaks, no controls will work past the breaking point. Like Tim mentioned with his great example of Christmas lights. We also have a video on connecting ground wires on a control panel, which you should see. But Tim, I kind of threw this picture up here as an example of a ground wire daisy chain, as you yeah. can see. So you can see that the wire, uh, the ground wire is coming into the switch on the bottom, and then you daisy chain it to the next one, daisy chain it to the next one, and it right. goes on and on and on for all the controls. So um, so that's how they're connected. But as you can see, if you cut, like let's say we cut that wire coming in, none of those buttons would work. None of the three would work but let's say only the top one wasn't working well then it's probably between the second one or the middle one and the top one right Correct. exactly so, so that's kind of one way to troubleshoot like that but if none of them work then we suspect that one wire coming in is bad Absolutely. So, Seth, hopefully answers your question. Uh, let us know exactly what you end up doing to fix the issue, and if there's any more help that we can provide you, please let us know. 
Okay, Tim, we have Danny up here in, uh, in the live chat. He says, I've been going through my Vapor TRX Arcade and everything on it, but have noticed it's not the original supply, I guess power supply, that's supposed to be in it, and I want original, but I think they have cut the clips off. Any way to fix without putting a new wiring harness in it? So if they use like a standard power supply or even a connector style power supply, um, I don't know if you've got a... Um, an ATX style power supply or like a traditional switching power supply. Right. I mean, you should be able to technically cut off either the connector or cut off the fork terminals or round terminals that you have and put the clips that you need for the original power supply in there. I Uh mean, it's possible to do that. So, um, or the connector. So, I mean, that would be the way to do it instead of having to redo the entire cabinet. So here's the deal though, Tim, when it comes to power supplies, there are some games where I do care about the original power supply, um, right. such as Williams games like we've talked about before, Tim. But there are other games where the switching seen... power supplies work just as well. Um, a great example are Pac-Man arcades. I feel like in a Pac-Man arcade in particular, I feel like having a switching power supply is more reliable. Yes. Because the AC voltage is coming from the transformer. Um, you've probably seen a lot of mispack and Pac-Man boards that have little fried pieces yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> up where the voltage is. And that's a lot of times because it got like a little bit of a power spike or something like that and it burnt up those connections happens a lot and so in those cases i think a switching power supply is actually safer and better uh for pac-man cabinets now again a lot of people like original there's nothing wrong with going original if that's what you want but the exceptions for using the original are kind of few and far between to for me it's only certain games i want the original supplies in um the mcr style games tim obviously and then stuff like williams games but um for the most part I think in a lot of cases I would rather have a modern power supply just because they are usually more reliable than what you get out of the original unless the original provides something that the replacement doesn't. And like I said, in Williams Games is a great example, uh, as Ken has always talked about, Tim, with us, that on a Williams game, it, if with a switching power supply, the voltage does not drop. It slowly declines, and so in that slow decline, the processor can write garbage to some of the memory locations, which can lead to data corruption, and so uh, that's why we don't like using switching power supplies in Williams games, but like I said, in a Pac-Man game, usually using a switching power supply is a better solution than using the AC transformer in that game. And then like Centipede, Tim, though, I tend to keep, you know, I tend to keep just because it's got the the AR board in it. Anything with like its own style power supply like that, I'm probably going to keep, but if it's a transformer-based game that actually does the conversion on the board, I'm probably less likely to keep that. Uh, so it just really depends on on you. If you want to do that, though, I think you can do it without wiring the harness, rewiring the entire harness. I think you can just either snip the connector or the fork terminals that are going to the current power supply, and then put the connector or put whatever clips that you need for the the old power supply. If that makes sense. Did I miss anything? No, I, 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 okay. I'm in agreement. Okay. I, I think you're right. In fact, I, I probably get uh, when I see a switcher's been put in there. A lot of times, I'm more comfortable than I am with the really old power supplies. Um, there are some older Redemption games that use some really crazy voltages, though, and you can't always do that. Uh, just make sure that if it uses a standard 5 and 12 volts, maybe a negative 5, sometimes it's easy, it's even better, in my opinion, to go ahead and replace those. Exactly. So, well, hopefully that answers your question, Danny. If you have any other thoughts or uh, anything, just please let us know in the live chat. We'd be happy to follow those up. Uh, YouTube Punk is there. He says, hello there. Hey, YouTube Punk. So mm-hmm. he's here. Let's see what else we got. 
Um, TextJYT says, I like to keep my games as original as possible so I don't change the power supply for a switching power supply. I hear a lot of people say they change them just for safety, but I feel the old ones are safe as long as they're taken care of. What are your thoughts? In most cases, we do like the original power supply, but like Mm -hmm. I said, there are a lot of cases where a switching is just fine. Uh, if it has the original power supply in it, I'm not going to take it out to right. put a switching power supply until because. it dies. Right, right, exactly. So if the original power supply is working, we will leave it in there as long as possible. Um, in a lot of cases, we will repair it. Like I said, if it's an AR board, Tim, is a right. great example. Atari AR-style boards, we will repair those. Um, you know, uh, what is the Midway MCR, right? Like the MCR-style boards, mm-hmm. like in Tron and things, we will repair those. Um, but like I said, in like a Pac-Man where you're getting an AC transformer and then conversion on the board, it's just easier to send at the DC voltage than to do the conversion on the board. It just it's it seems to work better. Uh, so there's there's a lot of games where having the original power supply doesn't make as much of a difference. But if it's there and we can repair it, we'd rather do the repair. Agreed. So there mm-hmm. you go. Uh, let's see. Good, great, great question though. I like it. There you go. Yes, absolutely. So I mean, you never. I mean, everything. Everybody's different too. I mean, if you're uh, a lot of people will say, well, I feel like it runs better. It's kind of like uh, we we take the old argument of having like a 1950 car with a 2019 engine in it right i mean it's not original but will it run really good probably exactly i always use the example of the 50s car with a 2019 engine in it it nobody else would know but me hardly but some people would want to have it original but i wouldn't drive it to california sure but in the new engine i might would trust it that far sure so it's kind of like there's reliability and things but by all means, if, um, you know, Stan was always really good about keeping everything as original as possible. And um, so I admire people that can do that. Sometimes just not very practical. Exactly. So I'd rather have a driving car than <laughs> exactly one sitting in my driveway that was original. <laughs> yeah, with an engine that had problems. Right. right. So I understand. So it's kind of like we were talking about with LCDs, right? Yeah. It's like LCD, like, um, what, was, what was the first, I can't remember, the first guy with the Junior Pac-Man. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, he had an LCD, he put an LCD in it, he's got a working game. He can fix that CRT anytime. But right. you put that 2019 engine in there, you it's set working. the 1950 engine aside, you say, I'll fix that 19, 1950 engine later. Right. But I got a running car now. And so, you know, you never know. So sometimes it can be a temporary fix. But anyway, let us continue on here with Chris. Chris says, hi, Tim and Jonathan. Hello, Chris. I had a recent problem with my centipede in which all the mushrooms line up on the left side of the screen and the sound is completely muffled. I would like to repair the arcade machine, but I'm considering options to fix it inexpensively. So that's the key word, inexpensively. Each option has pros and cons. Asking you guys what would be the best solution if you could fill in the unknowns. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Chris. So, Tim, guess it's, what? It's time to ask the audience. Okay. You're going to use your, you're going to use your lifeline here? Yeah, I'm okay. going to throw a lifeline out and ask the audience. Uh, you yes. know what's funny, though? I'm like thinking, uh, what I would do first is really set a high score. If all the mushrooms were on one side, wouldn't that make this game really easy? <laughs> well, it makes me wonder, is it a board issue? I mean, if it was a board issue, I guess then you could get away with that, right? Yeah, I'm like... Uh, is it, but if so it's a monitor issue, <laughs> I mean, you're trying to play it in like this much room or whatever. Um, but it's kind of hard to tell just from his description. But here's the deal, guys. He actually sent the four options he's considering. Okay. And so what I did was I assigned <laughs> a color to each one. Okay. So all you have to do is reply with the color. Okay. okay, so again, so we have Chris. He's trying to fix his centipede. He has all the mushrooms lined up on one side of the screen, and he has sent us four options that he is considering. Now, Tim. It's kind of made our work easy for us. In a way, yes. <laughs> and, and like I said, it gets the live chat to chime in here. <laughs> so right. here's the deal. All you have to do is reply you with decide. the color that you think that Chris should go with. Now, keep in mind, Tim, inexpensively. Right. Inexpensively is what we're That's wanting to focus on. That is the hard part. Okay. So 
All you have to do is say it's red, yellow, green, blue. Okay. Okay. Show them up. Let's RG, go. you know, RGB. RGB. Why? Why? Exactly. So here we go. The red option. I call this the red option. Okay. <laughs> Replace with Retro Pie and have it boot in the centipede. Now, Tim, he says no good way to convert the HDMI to VGA to CGA cleanly. There's signal loss, blur your image. What about converting the existing trackball to integrate the USB? Would need to find that uh, one that would fit the centipede mount and need an amplifier for audio to speaker. So he's already broken down some of the challenges with the red option. Right. Okay, so those are some of the challenges with going with the RetroPie. Well, basically uh, fix the screen. Right. But it You'll, does present it, some challenges with controls and stuff. Okay, the yellow option. Keeps the signal in CGA so I can use the existing arcade monitor. Existing trackball will also work. Okay. We'll need centipede to jam a converter or rewire. Right? Okay. So, and then the green option, fix the existing board. On eBay, it's roughly $150 to repair, which, Tim, I would say is about fair. Right. Okay, so, I mean, $150 to repair. Um, you may be able to find somebody that's going to fix it for you cheaper, but That's not sending much. it off for repair and waiting and getting it back. And then we have the blue option, find another board. Of mm-hmm. course, it's becoming difficult to find a good working board. So, Tim, we have red, yellow, green, and blue what option do you say for Chris? And what option does the audience say for Chris? Right. Okay, so here we go, Tim. What do you think? <laughs> Red, yellow, green, or blue? Now, keep in mind, inexpensively. Right. A keyword. That is the hardest part because um, uh, naturally, we would always recommend that he just fix his board. Sure. And send it off for repair. But I understand... Uh, times are tight. It's Christmas time. You got oh, Chris uh, is here tonight. He's saying the yellow option. <laughs> <laughs> so yellow well, option. We'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, so what do you I, think? Tim? That would be my my choice. Would be for the money. Would have been the yellow option, which it would be to put a sixty and one in it. Right. So here's the deal too about the yellow option. And Tim, I'm probably leaning more that way too. Is that the yellow option? You don't have to change out the wiring. Right. Okay. You That's can leave a big plus. exactly. You can just buy the adapter the Centipede to Jamma adapter, and then buy a 60-in-1 board. So you're out probably less than $100 for both those things. Okay. Okay, I'm roughly estimating. Yes. Probably about, with shipping. Right, with mm-hmm. shipping. So um, so you're talking about probably less than $100 for that. And here's the deal. You could get your board fixed at some point and then just unplug that and plug in the other one. There you go. Okay? And so I think in most cases... you get your income tax or something, you can, then you can... Exactly. <laughs> you can get your board fixed. And so I think the yellow option may be the temporary option okay. with a long-term option on the green. Yeah, if you got family coming in for Christmas, yeah. this would be So a I'm quick going to option. purchase the yellow and keep the green in mind. Does okay. that make sense? Maybe you need to show the screen again, everybody. We don't see very... Got me. Let's yeah. get some boats in here. So, um, RC, RC Outdoors, obviously, Chris says yellow. Um, YouTube Punk says yellow seems the cheapest. Uh, let's see. And th- those are the only uh, people that we have chimed in. Joe just says digging the hats. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, but the red option, Tim, you, um, somebody mentioned that you could put the um, video signal out through the audio okay. on the Raspberry Pi, which I don't know much about that, but I could see that because a lot of things allow you to put out like um, composite video through the, um, through like an through an RCA-style headphone jack. Right. And so there is a possibility that that may work for the video, okay? So then you're only out the... You're, you're out basically the Raspberry Pi. There, I'm sure there's a board you can get that will con, that will translate the trackball to USB, but I'm not sure how much that board would be. But I bet you anything they make it. 
And so, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how much it'd be. I mean, I estimate 30 or 40 And I bucks. bet that blue option is really getting hard. I bet there's not very many of them working, tested, for sale at a good price these exactly. days. Exactly. So the, so the blue option's kind of out just because of the pricing. Right. Blue option is out just because of the pricing. Now, somebody just said they agree with me. And uh, Jason, so thank you. <laughs> so, um, but um, I, yeah, I think, like I said, I'm going to buy the yellow option and then keep the green option in mind. Is kind of go. the thing I, I'm thinking. And the reason why is because the yellow option gets me going for the cheapest amount of money. It gets my centipede going. If I have a party coming up, and Tim, you see how clean my game room is? Mm. We had a party over here. I actually got everything working for, for a while. But um, yeah, so the thing about it is, is that if you're having a party and you want to get your game up and running, it's right, the fastest, cheapest option. Fastest, cheap, so. cheapest option. But here's the deal. I get that income tax back. I'm sending off my centipede board for repair, and I'm putting it back in there. There you go. And, and, you, and you, know, you can use the sixty and one. And or another, if I get that big bonus, day. my big Christmas bonus, right? That's not the cheese of the month club. <laughs> <laughs> the jelly of the, the month. Jelly, excuse me, jelly of the month club. I remember that. Then, uh, then uh, you know, then as long as it's cash, then I may right. spend a little bit of that cash to get the board repaired because, I mean, it's still nice to have an original board. But the 60-in-1 is not a terrible option. Now, the other thing is you need to make sure that your AR board is putting out good voltage. I mean, that's kind of a given. Uh, hopefully it is. And if it is, then the 60-in-1 setup should work fine. Um, but if it's not, then, you know, anyway. So he's, well, oh, Chris actually chimes in here. I actually did yellow. I used an IK 60-in-1, which had a trackball connection. So now it'll, it will play centipede and millipede. There you go. Exactly. So you actually already did it. And I'm trying to think if there's any other trackball games on this. Another thing that you could do is sell his non-working board as non-working probably for about the price that he paid for the 60 and one We got helpers? Uh, yeah. My, <laughs> Santa Seltzer. I think so. Somebody's right. here. But um, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. So you could cover the cost. What you're saying is cover the cost of the 60 board. Then you're virtually free. Exactly. So, I mean, that's Maybe. a way to think about it, too. Again, want to keep it original, though. Sure. So I'm keeping that board around, and I'm going to get it fixed at some point. It may not be today. may not be tomorrow. Well, it'll be soon. <laughs> so. Or, um, you know, Chris, I, I, from what you're saying, there's got to be, if we did a look, dug a little more research, it's probably just a ROM or something that you could change and fix that board yourself, too. It's probably right. not uh, a There's a lot of documentation effect, so. on centipede boards. For and sure. So I have, can... We didn't even really have time to dig into it, but I bet you... That that's a has somebody else has come up before unless it was your monitor and it doesn't sound like it was. No, if you tried the sixty one, it works and obviously the monitor is working. So in this particular case, uh, like to mention, centipede boards have a ton of documentation out there. The manual for centipede is great at helping you troubleshoot things. There's a lot of people out there. It's a very simple board to work on. Schematics are very easy to read. So if you're if you're kind of one of these people that doesn't mind digging into a little bit of of uh, the electronics side of things, like the really deep electronics side of things, then the schematic is a great learning place for centipede. Because it's not it's not like a JAMA board that has all these little tiny connections everywhere. Right. I mean, it's very easy. And it could be a loose solder, solder joint. It could be a bad chip somewhere. I mean, it could be a lot of stuff. And if, and if that's the only problem is that's all kind of squished to one side or something, it sounds like, you know, maybe something in the video section of that board. And so you may be yeah. able to, or like you said, uh, like uh, RAM. That's what I was saying now that you got your game working, you might could try to fix that yourself. And that really would be a cheap, it wouldn't cost too much. Or sure. you could get some ROMs burned or whatever. Uh, that's just another option I want to throw out. There you go. But Chris went with the yellow option. Hopefully he gets the green option going soon. <laughs> and uh, so, But thank you for writing in and sending that to us. And it was fun to kind of throw it yeah. to the live chat and kind of get their opinions as well. So Now, Tim, I want to mention we got some donations. Wow. Uh, YouTube Punk came in and said, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, guys. Happy Holidays to all. Oh, thank you, YouTube Punk. Thank you so You're much. You're awesome. So, we, uh, Tim, uh, YouTube Punk, a longtime supporter. 
here yeah. on the Arcade Repair Tips live show. So we want to thank you too, Punk, for all of his contributions over the years. That reminds me, and, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I know I'll forget. One of our listeners dropped in at Mr. Gaddy's the other day, and maybe I'll talk about that in the live show. Are you talking about it right and now? So, well, I'm, we're taking a break right now. Well, no, I, I need to hear this. I didn't know this either. I know, and I forgot <laughs> to tell him because he'd be sure and make sure and tell John that I said hi. He came in. We were so busy. And, um, well, he told if, me if, hi. If you're in the live chat right now, it's Gary from um, Northwest Arkansas. Um, I think he's, gosh, Gary, if I just missed your name, I'm so sorry. But <laughs> he told me that he might would stop in sometime. Uh, he's an arcade uh, repair guy. He's used our videos. The last tech tip that I had was about the, the little breakers. Yes, the breakers. He bought them based on that tip. So he's already used them, so they come in very handy. He came in on Black Friday, oh which my was, I was busy. I think it was Black Friday, and I could not talk to him much. And then I ended up getting to go home early, and um, he he went out and came back with his family, and I forgot about it. And as soon as I got a chance to jet, I did, and because uh, I needed to do some <laughs> shopping. Some Everybody shopping. got some shopping done. Black Friday. And I didn't get to stick around, but I, he said he would come back, and I said, well, let us know. Anyway, I thought that was really cool to get to meet him, and uh, it was fun. So. so if you guys are ever in the East Texas area and uh, you want to go by Mr. Gaddy's, there's only one Mr. Gaddy's in the East Texas area. I did area, give him some so. gameplay. I would have hooked him up with some pizza, too. So, But I, I'm sorry that I, you know, it was just so one of those So somebody comes in days. and says, saw you on the live show. You get, uh, yeah, you get, you get some free in, stuff. There you go. Sure. <laughs> so there you go. But anyway, well, that's awesome. Um, so awesome. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he said, be sure and tell Jonathan hello. And yeah, yeah. he said that they now have... Guys, you wouldn't believe this. Um, maybe he's in the audience tonight. Uh, I don't see anybody yet. 150 arcade, classic arcade games on route in a, in a location. So he... 150 had, in one location? Yeah, I think, or maybe two locations, something okay. like that, that like retrocades. Right. Dude, he is a busy guy. He was like, I'm, he goes, in fact, I hate to take off because I'm going to come back and everything's going to be broke. And he said, but I can fix it. <laughs> and uh, so it was really cool because he's a longtime listener of the of the show and uh, and uh, watched our, and used our videos. And I was just like, oh my gosh, he really has made a living out of this. So congratulations to him. It was great to meet him. And um yeah, I've just. Well, he got now, mentioned on the live show too. Yeah, sure so he did, got so. he got free games mentioned on the live show, and he got to meet you. Look yeah, at that. so, so hooking it was up. fun. At least I got to shake his hand and hook, give him some free games. <laughs> but it was just one of those times where it's like I don't think we we could have been any less busy at that time. <laughs> Poor, it was the wrong day. But it, you know what? It was fine. I did get to meet him, and um, I'm sorry I do- dodged out of there earlier later. But I was like. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, let us continue on because we were mentioning people who gave us money, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, text JYT, 20 bucks. Did you guys buy a set of those fuse testers we talked about last month? Tim, did you buy a set? No, I have not purchased them yet. Obviously, and Greg did. Yes, Greg did right <laughs> away. I need to buy some. That's I tell you what, I'll get you some. Merry okay, Merry Christmas. Okay. We got well, money we got now. Some donations. I was about to say, we got money now. I can, throw you, I can throw some your way. And Tim will have his official review next month. Yeah, we'll do that. There I'll buy go. them and we'll put, I'll take them to work and we'll test them out. There we go. And then RC Outdoors, Chris, who we just covered his question, also oh, gave us thank $10. You, thank you, Chris, for that. That is awesome. Uh, guys, we appreciate all the support. You guys are awesome. Um, Tim, obviously, we wouldn't do the live show if it wasn't for great audience members like you guys and viewers and listeners and everybody else. Yeah, that's what really makes it unique because we set the we set the uh, stage, Jonathan. You you get it, you work so hard getting all that together, 
But it's really the live chat to me that makes this a lot of fun because we don't know what question is going to get thrown at us. We also get a lot of help sometimes, you know, when I get stumped or or just um, having a brain fart and can't remember something. A lot of guys will chip in, and so we really do appreciate. This is what it's about. It's about a community. Exactly. Um, I want you to fix your game. I want to help you. Sometimes we need a little help, too, and stuff changes. Vendors change. Times change. (laughs) Goodness gracious. So... Anyway, hey, we've been doing this since what, 2008, right? Yeah, long time. 2006. So. 2006, right? Right. 2006. So, golly. Right, I can't even keep up on, when we open. Going on 14 years. It'll be 14 years next year. Or is it 2008? I can't remember. It's one or the other. Yeah. I have to look at it. It's been a long time. So, um, you know, it's all, it's, it, it, it's a blur now. After you have kids. Oh, we're old as you two. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <There you laughs> and that, then, that, that wouldn't have sounded that bad, but my kids have never known non, non-YouTube probably. That's you know, right, it's Anyway. There you go. So, um, and Louie also is here tonight, Tim, and he says hey, thanks Louis. for the donations, too. Um, I'm going to have to get Louie something nice for Christmas with all these donations. I think so. Louie, you're going to have to, we'll get you a little something. So, um, uh, Louie, guys, does so much. He, him and Mark, they post so much, and they it's all volunteer for them. Uh, we can't say enough good things about Mark and Louie. So, thank you, guys. And same with uh, Rusty and Eric. Yes. I mean, that's all volunteer work on their part. I mean... You know, Tim, I always told him, if you need equipment, if you need things, like, let me know. Mm-hmm. And we bought them equipment, and Eric just goes out and buys his own equipment, and then sends me back <laughs> <laughs> the equipment. I'm like, I can buy you equipment, but, you know, he likes having his own stuff. I don't blame him. So, um, But I just want to thank the entire team here, guys. And, Tim, it's just Christmas time. I'm feeling it. So, thank I everybody. I see a question. So, we'll get it here. Danny says, speaking of the 61 board, I have a Frogger cabinet that has one in it. I've been having problems with it. You turn it on, it's stuck in demo mode, and even check the settings. Almost think it's a bad board. And uh, TextJYT says, check the dip switches. There is a dip switch sometimes, Tim, that will um, that will prevent you from going into the game. I forget mm-hmm. what it is. Um, so, make sure you have all your dip switches set right. But also, we've seen this problem when there's a switch stuck down. Yes. So, if you've wired your buttons wrong... Right. To where you've, you've wired like one to the ground and one to the normally closed. I've seen it happen. Like mm-hmm. when one of those switches is stuck. So check all your switches. Make sure they're they are actually on normally open. And make sure they're not depressed. Right. Okay. Because if one of if the switch is actually pressed down, like let's say the um, button part got stuck mm-hmm. on the switch, then that's the case. So check your test buttons. Check your regular buttons. Make sure that no switches are down and all of them are wired correctly. Okay. Because we have seen that in particular whenever that is the case. So double check all your switches. And yes. that's what I'm going to tell you on that. I mean, I've seen that happen before. Definitely something that we've, we've experienced. So check those. Let us know what you come back with. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see here. Oh, we got some thank yous. How can I test a power box? This is from Mean Mug Williams. Um, if the power box has a connector of some sort coming out of it, or mm-hmm. if there's test points on the power box, that's how we usually check voltage on any power supply. So a lot of power supplies have a connector, Tim. In most cases, the connector will have black and red and yellow, and the standards for that are black is ground, red is 5 volts, yellow is 12, 12. volts, mm-hmm. and then you'll see like a white. Sometimes they'll be negative 5 in most cases. So um, if you have a connector on there that co- that follows that color pattern, then that would be it. Sometimes if you have a box, you may have to open it up to find the test points, so, uh, Tim, like sometimes in like uh, TVs, for instance, there'll right. be a power board, and sometimes that power board will have test points on it, and so you actually have to take the case off the bo- off of the TV in order to get to the test points, for instance. So um, there's a lot of stuff like that, but it really depends on the style of your power box. Um, if it's ATX style, which is the vast majority of the ones that we see, then yeah, you're the probably gonna have to Molex test it. Yeah, the Molex connector, you just unplug it. And exactly. Test so. it. 
Um, this show is underrated. That's what YouTube Punk says. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> so no, I mean no. I mean, we have the audience that we deserve. That's what yeah. I believe. We have the audience that we deserve, and you guys are the best audience ever. Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, let's see, um, Jason. Oh, check everything that has to do with the credit. That's another one with the sixty and one board issue. Mm-hmm. So if you have a coin switch that's down, that'll also cause that. Exactly. So I mean, we've seen. Like I said, check all your switches. Make sure there's no switches down and that all of them are correctly. If you have one normally closed, it'll do it. Yep. Hundred percent. So the, he's right. A lot of times it is a coin switch too. If the coin switch is stuck down, mm-hmm. so if something is like if a credit is actually, or you know, coin switches are weird. I mean, they get so much play. A coin switch gets so much play, Tim, that mm-hmm. sometimes a coin will just sit on it, and so you have to make sure that you don't have that, or a coin will fall on it, and the switch will maybe pop back up, but for some reason it still registers as if it's closed, mm-hmm. which is weird. So a lot of weird stuff with coin switches. Definitely need to check that out as well. Let's see. Um, anyone in Central Arkansas that works on old arcade games? Tim, I think you just mentioned somebody. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Central Arkansas. Yeah. You're saying Greg? Yeah, he's in North uh, Northwest. Northwest gonna, Arkansas. I'm going to okay. look up his name. Okay, there you go. Uh, let's see. We'll roll on, but... Um, the Rexer Show is here. We covered his uh, follow-up just a little bit ago. He says, checking in late, working still on the West Coast, but we'll watch the weird plays always. Thanks for your help. And uh, the Rexer Show, we got we got a couple of other um, uh, questions from you, but we just covered the ones uh, that you know that uh, that I put on the outline already. Um, some of the other ones you asked, we'll try to cover in in the future show. But um, you know, Tim, I I try to kind of keep it. What's the word? I, I try to keep things like moving and things like that right. and so you know it's like we'll answer a couple of questions for you if you send in multiple questions a lot of times we'll delay those to later shows just to give everybody a chance to ask some questions so um let's see what else we have here joe says bring the monitor team repair guy in for an episode from time yeah, to I time just, i just remember him as gary and he's oh gary gary You're saying greg i said greg you said greg i'm sorry gary. gary it's gary from northwest arkansas he's like in the springdale up in fayetteville area there you go um, let's see. Joe says, bring the modern TV repair guy in for an episode from time to time. Tim does a great job explaining everything, but I really like that guy's experience on tube stuff. I miss Michael. Yeah. Oh, man. So well, Michael moved. To not just Florida. a little way. He moved all the way to Florida. Yeah. We'll, maybe we'll contact him sometime. I, we'll I will Skype send him a message. Exactly. We will get him to Skype in. Uh, Michael, guys, is so much fun. Like, uh, having him and Tim and filming the stuff. If any of y'all have our DVDs. There's mm. a lot of blooper reels, and <laughs> if you've seen any of the blooper reels, like, half of them are with Michael. Yeah. Michael comes off so serious. You're right. Like, in the videos. And it's just such a clown funny. Oh, man, he's hilarious. Uh, so, we love Michael. He was uh, great, and he, man, Tim, there's nobody who knows Monitor stuff better than Michael. I, right. I, I've never found another Monitor Repair guy, and we have a lot of Monitor Repair guys we've worked with, but Michael, I mean, he had seen everything, you know? I mean, and he, I mean, it's a guy who owns who, who owned a TV repair shop. Right. You know, so, I mean, that's mm-hmm. what he did. Kind of, It was actually his side business, but um, he was, I mean, golly, guy knew all sorts of stuff. Love Michael. Michael, if you're watching, uh, we'll get together. I'll send you an email. I'm going to send him an email. Mm-hmm. I'm say, Merry Christmas. We'll get you on the show. We'll Skype him in. We'll figure out something. So, uh, let's see what else we have here. Pac-Man Plus with speed up on the 16-1 e is the best. I agree. I like Pac-Man Plus on the 16-1. Mm-hmm. E it's good. Uh, love the show. Great. Help to me. That's from Danny. Awesome, Danny. Like to hear it. Uh, you do punk says one question per customer. No, we don't limit. We don't limit mm-hmm. one question per customer. No. So, uh, you can, you can, it is one question per customer 
if you guys are writing in and emailing. But look, if you're in the live show, you can ask as many questions as you want. That's like if right. you're in the live chat, you can just ask as many as you want. What we try to do though is we like to keep the outline of the show moving, Tim. Right. And so sometimes, like if you ask four or five questions in an email, then we may cover one or two of them, and then next month we'll cover the rest. Kind of Speaking thing. of which, there we go. We're getting there. Hang on. Uh, let's see what else we have here. I got to thank you. Oh, Michael is now a Florida man. That is correct. Yes. So. We'll get together with him. He he always says we can email him anytime. And when his shop closed, he called me and said, hey, you want any of this equipment? I'd say get him back to him, and I never did. Sorry. You know? Mm. I mean, what happens, Tim, when you have kids is you, you turn around, it's February. You turn around again, it's June. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm. I mean, that's really what happened. I got that call, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'll give him a call after I talk to Tim. And I talked to Tim about it and just got busy. Go. Sorry, Michael. But we will we will contact Michael. I love talking to Michael. He's so he's just so, so cool. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. But anyway, yeah, so let's see. We'll see about getting Michael back on. It's just, right. it's just fun to have Michael. But anyway, speaking of Michael, Sam, <laughs> great like, segue. Here's a mic. And he says, trying to fix a Sega Afterburner game and having issues with arcing around the flyback thing. Mm-hmm. I like the flyback thing. Specifically around the red anode wire, so he knows what it is. Also, it doesn't seem to be energizing the tube. I'm new to this, but used to do some electrical comm repair in the military, so I'm hoping it comes back to me. Thanks for any help. Now, Tim, we got some arcing here, which is never a good thing. Right. So what do you want for Michael? I, I see you laughing. Well, we, I've got a picture on the slide. We will, um, we'll show that here in a second. We'll describe what arcing is at first. What is arcing? Yeah. You know, a lot of people I heard that term, but until you see it, uh, think of the old Frankenstein movie where they hit the switch <laughs> and it's alive and then the lightning it's bolts are coming alive. back. That The electricity bolts that looks like little lightning is, is arcing. And... Uh, of course, it, when you see that, it uh, can be very scary. So where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's arcing, there's problems. <laughs> Don't you know? It's a good thing to not play or, or do much with it until uh, we actually um, thought arcing was kind of cool, and we enjoyed sitting there watching one arc one time until it shot a flame about that far at us. Yeah, be careful. Um, so. Guys, we, we, when we say this, uh, if your game is arcing, turn it off. It's time to do the repair do the and repair then come us. back. Yeah, if you you know there's arcing, you know there's a problem. And that problem is with the flyback. So most of the time, it's good to just go ahead and replace it. It's a good time to just go ahead and fix that area. of. Uh, it could be some other stuff. They're hot and stuff. But if it's coming from that anode tube going down to that to that uh, flyback is a good time to replace it. And Tim, we shouldn't mention that um, there are other ways to fit. A lot of times arcing is caused by a op- like something, a crack in the flyback, yeah. some kind of Usually opening in the flyback, crack. right? That where the high voltage is actually getting out of the flyback and, and then arcing to the nearest ground. Right. And a lot of times that nearest ground is like a little metal plate on the chassis. Mm-hmm. And so what you see is that little arc that kind of goes across that metal plate and then it hits, hopefully you've got your chassis grounded Hopefully you do, so that right. it just goes out the out, goes out your um, exit plug there, uh, your ground pl- prong. But you know, if you don't, then it can cause serious damage to other parts. You have to be careful with that. So if you see arcing, turn it off immediately. Um, we do show arcing Tim in our troubleshooting games <laughs> that are playing blind video. And if you guys have not, if you guys have seen that or not seen that, this is Tim's reaction when he sees it. I love that picture. <laughs> That's <laughs> a that, still shot. Yeah, you need to put that on your on your Christmas card. We right need there. to caption that, right? <laughs> That's caption right. This video. That'd be a great meme right there. Right. I'm just telling you. So, um, But uh, I just love that picture. <laughs> I, it's one of my favorite pictures, Tim. Uh, um, but, I'm uh, glad you like it. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. But anyway, first off, please be careful. Like Tim mentioned, arcing is dangerous. So be sure to practice good electrical safety when working on this issue. Very important, guys. 
With that said, arcing is usually caused by a cracked or damaged flyback. You can check to make sure the anode is attached correctly. Because, Tim, you mentioned the anode. So I'm like, if it's not attached correctly, yeah, there's a possibility it could be arcing from there. But, I mean, we don't see that very often. And so, but since he mentioned the anode, I'm mm -hmm. like, go ahead and check it just to make sure. Um, but more than likely, you will have to replace your flyback. Now, Tim, you've talked about this before, like using like a, a silicone putty or something to fill the crack or the hole. Right. That is a temporary fix. Yes. We should mm -hmm. mention that. So if for some reason, and Tim, this has been happening more lately, if you can't find a flyback for your monitor, okay, uh, which happens. But nowadays, I think there are people doing repros a lot of the common flybacks, so it's not as much of an issue. But if for some reason you can't find a flyback replacement replacement flyback then you can fill a lot of times the crack or the hole with something but that is a temporary fix at best because i'm telling you it's not going to hold as long as the original flyback would have right and so eventually the high voltage will seep out of there and then you're gonna have the arcing again yeah it's it's this, it's, this it's a matter is, of time this is time to repair right exactly oh somebody captioned did i do that <laughs> <laughs> so that youtube pun there you go but um that's just something to keep in mind if you see arcing guys Replace the flyback in almost every case, it seems like. And, Tim, what happens a lot of times if you're having arcing from the flyback? There's two other parts that are usually bad. Yeah, usually the hot and the... And there's a good chance you have a fuse blown. Yeah, well. probably so. And or that's maybe put... a diode. Right, exactly. Maybe in this possible with diodes as well. Anything in the power supply section could be blown at this point. So mm -hmm. make sure you check everything in the power supply section. But, Tim, we always say hot and fuse because it's just... That's how it goes. Kind of like what we show in the video. It goes fuse, hot, flyback. And so flyback starts arcing... It busts right. the hot or the fuse, and and then you get just... And there may be other power supply issues as well. So um, make sure you check those, and also check out our video on troubleshooting games that are playing blind. Yeah. What's unique about that video, John, is literally we show just about everything that could go wrong with a monitor goes wrong in that video. Yeah. We fix one thing, something else happens. Wise. Yeah. Fix something else, something else happens. So if you haven't seen that video, if nothing else... If you want to know why my why I'm making that face, uh, you can def or if you're not sure what arcing is, uh, you can go back and watch that. Yeah, somebody said that uh, you could do the Ric Flair woo. woo! Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. So. Yeah, exactly. I love the Ric Flair woo. <laughs> so anyway, well they say, can I get two claps in a Ric Flair? You know, yeah, woo! <laughs> there you go. So um, anyway, so yeah, I, I think uh, Ric Flair fits you well there. But anyway, Danny also says, I had a game that had a crack in the flyback. Yeah, and this is a common thing, guys. Over time, like that high voltage, that's high voltage, mm -hmm. you know? And eventually, it, I mean, you know, plastic gets worn and the, the insulation on the inside gets worn and crack, pop, piss, stuff, mm -hmm. you know, it happens. So definitely be careful around cracked or broken flybacks anytime you're using them and turn them off immediately, replace them. Or you can try to fill them with silicon putty or other things, but, you know, a lot of times we don't. So, so I said sound, it sounded like a welder. Uh, that's what Danny said. Sounded sounded like a welder. Uh -huh. like a welding machine. Yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, Okay, Tim, let us move on to Lee. And Lee says, Hello, I have a golden tea complete at home. Everything is working great until the other day. I was playing, and the more I played, the screen started to fade to pink. I was told the motherboard was going out. If so, how can I get this fixed and find the right part? Thanks, Lee. So, Tim, golden tea complete with pink screen. Seems like this is a common problem with yeah, golden teas. Yeah, I've kind of see a lot of golden teas with, like, pink screens. And it just happens over time. Um, but, Tim, what do you think's going on here with uh, Lee's pink screen golden tea? Well, I don't know. You know, my first reaction would not be motherboard, although I guess it's possible. Most of the time, that's a monitor problem. Like, you're losing uh, blue and green, so you're getting more red. And that's showing through. Um, so... 
that's what we need to try, try to... I would look into the monitor and repairing the monitor. Now, it really depends. And Tim, he just says fading to pink. So I'm like, is are you, is it fading to pink and you can't play it? Or is it fading Is it fading to pink and you can still see it, but it's just a pink, it's just a brighter shade of pink now. Right. And so that's the question is like, is it fading to just like a solid pink screen or is it is it fading to like a pink screen, but I can still play the game? Right. If it's fading to a pink screen, you can still play the game. More than likely, it's a monitor issue. If it's fading to just a solid pink screen and like all of a sudden you can't play it, that may be a motherboard issue. So, um, but Tim, uh, Golden Tee Complete in most cases is a um, is a PC based game. Okay. So it has a hard drive. It has a video card. Right. And so if there is a problem it on the main on the motherboard, card. it's probably going to be in the video card. And Tim, right. I actually um, found a picture of the board set here, Golden Tee Complete board set. You'll see the hard drive in the upper left hand corner. You'll uh -huh. see the power supply in the right, and then where the big red box that's is, you'll see card. a video card that plugs into the board. Uh, and I believe that's an AGP slot, Tim, because um, this is before um, PCIe. Right. You know? So AGP Advanced Graphics Port. It may even be a traditional PCI. I'm not for sure. You'd have to consult the manual. The manual should tell you. Um, but you know, Tim. That video card, funny, it may be a little bit of a trick. I don't know if it's proprietary or not or anything like that. Um, I, I'm not as familiar with Golden T Complete as I should be probably, but um, you may have to get a proprietary video card for that. But, you know, um, luckily, um, IT still has, Incredible Technology still has a lot of the manuals and stuff on their website for pretty much every version of Golden T. So I would check the manual and see what it says you need and then kind of order, you know, see if you can find that particular part. Incredible Technologies may have one sitting around. I mean, you never right. know, but um, I would doubt it at this point, considering that Complete's pretty old by saying it's at least 15 years old, I think. Mm -hmm. So, because um, I think it's based on the 4, uh, Golden T4 um, uh, set. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's a little older, but um, they may have one around. If not, you may be able to find one from an operator or something like that. But if it is in the board, it's probably in the video card. But like Tim said, in most cases, when we have like fading color issues like this, and I'm just going to read the slide, uh, typically it's related to the monitor chassis. Uh, the fact that you're seeing a bunch of paint makes us think that you've lost the colors blue and or green on your arcade monitor. Now you're seeing an overabundance of red in your picture. Check out our post on checking a monitor tube with Michael for some <laughs> tips on how to deal with monitor color issues. Also, the Golden Tee Complete board set has a separate video card, so it's possible that if it's a board issue, it's in the video card and not in the motherboard. So there we go. Good? Okay, good. Good. Anything else for Lee? Good. No, I think so. Anything okay. in the chat? Nope. I think we're caught up at this point. Uh, YouTube Punk just left a buzz, which uh, is a great sound for the arc. And, and Tim, it almost sounds more like the like a constant crackle, like when you get that crackling sound from a fireplace. Right. But it's like somebody just doing that crackling sound over and over again. Right. You know, like chestnuts roasting on an open fire kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, anyway, so that's arcing to me. What does arcing sound like to you? Let us know. <laughs> so uh, let me see what we got here. Okay. <clears throat> it looks like we got a couple more here, Tim. Um, we actually have one more question, and then we, we're going to answer a couple from youtube so okay. this next one's from nate hi not sure if you guys are still answering questions in 2019 but i'll give it a try one more month yes <laughs> at least for one more month yeah. right exactly um i have fully installed a 1162 and one multi-game jamo board and everything is fully functioning my question is what do i need the service wire for i understand the need for a test wire and button i use that often but what is the service wire for doesn't seem needed let me know thanks so tim this is a great question actually a question we get fairly often like people are like i see the test button i know what the test button does gets me into the test menu but what in the world does the service button do right well it was originally designed 
Um, let me give you a real life example. When I worked for Chuck E. Cheese, back before everything went to a card and you actually had physical tokens, we would go Man, in old. every week <laughs> and we would write That's down like the meter numbers. Okay. Coin meters. Coin meters. And then the next week, let's say it had a thousand, was the thousand this week. And the next week said 2,500. You knew it had 1,500 plays. So guess what? How many tokens there should be in that bucket? 1,500. Uh, within a margin of 10 or so, it should be close to that. All games, one token. Right. So should have been about 1,500. So what would happen is, let's say I was going to work on the game, and if I just sit there and flick the switch and it coined up and I could test it, then it would also count the, count the coins and throw my numbers off. So what the service meter was originally designed was for arcade repair technicians like me that could go in there and just hit the service button and would coin up or give a credit to the game without changing or moving the meter. And that way it kept the numbers a lot closer to accurate when I was testing service. So if you ever wanted to get a free game, you could also open up and hit the service button instead of coining it up. It was always a little bit easier. That's what it was originally designed for. Now, you may think I'm never going to need the service button because it's on free play and such like that. The only problem I can see is that sometimes it's a combination of service and test when you get into the test menu to like change something. Right. Like you might have to change the, move the service button to make it actually save or something like that. Whatever the case may be, uh, to get into those test menus. So you don't necessarily have to hook up, but you need the wire so that you could at least uh, touch or ground it together. Uh, I have seen guys, uh, if you want to show the slide, John, those, those buttons are very tiny on a lot of games. You yes. see the service one on the right. I have seen those go out and people don't know what to do. Well, it's just a button. You could hook up a... It's a momentary button. You could up a cherry you switch. You could hook up a cherry switch or something just to make that work would be real simple in your game. So, and Tim, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is that um, people don't realize that that was for auditing and bookkeeping purposes. Now, like you said, by hitting the service switch, you could get a nice credit that you could test the game with if it was having a problem. Like, let's say it's a light gun game, not firing or something. You right. do the service credit, test it out, make sure it's working. And Tim, I've noticed in the audit menus on some of the games, it will not only show the coin count, but it'll show the service credit count as well. Right. So you can see if your tech's been playing that game when he should have been working on other things. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, um, I'll read this here for Nate. The service switch is, usu is usually used to allow an arcade operator to give the game service credits, what we call service credits, for testing purposes. These credits typically don't count on the physical coin counters or in the audit menus of the game, which maintains the integrity of your bookkeeping. Makes your numbers right, like Tim said. And this is before we had swipe cards. And the swipe card system keeps track of your plays and your counts and all that kind of stuff. Right. But before swipe cards, you wanted to make sure that your coin counter matched the number of the amount of money that's in the bucket. Because if it doesn't, you could have a thief. Right. Okay, it's not so big when you're doing tokens because you're taking their money up front. But if you're taking quarters like they did back when the arcade first got started in the 80s, then you could be missing out on money. And right. so that's very important. Or have a theft issue. And exactly. That's one way have to a theft prove issue. It. Correct. Exactly. Or it's have like, a game that's malfunctioning. Right. If it was way off, it might be cheating your guests by not taking a credit every time. And then you would have 300 tokens over or right. 300 quarters over. 
So that's the way that it used to be back when we used to actually have uh, coins. And it, like I said, it's one of those things where we don't have coins as much anymore. Now, like Tim mentioned, go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. He's cracking a cold one here, folks. <laughs> it's after five o'clock. Hey, let me know. <laughs> That's right. And when I mean a cold one, I mean a cinnamon Coke. But <laughs> anyway, there right. you go. Um, so the service switch is also used to navigate the test menus on some boards. And Tim, um, for those people who don't know, the Sega Naomi system is one where it is. Yes. And so if you're using a, the Naomi system, you definitely need to hook up your service switch. Without wiring it up, you won't be able to navigate the test menu screens. You don't if you don't need the service credits though, or the test menu navigation, you can leave it disconnected. Right. So there you go. I think that covers everything. We're not going to track you down and make you hook it up. But right. Exactly. It does come in handy for certain things, but you may not need it. Absolutely. So now, Tim, show them what you just opened. But don't give us. Don't right. tell us anything about it until after the show. Okay. So what do you got there? This is a limited, limited edition? edition cinnamon coke. There you go. So we're getting some focus issues, but there we go. Um, I bought cinnamon coke, and we'll give our review in the after show. And Tim just cracked his open, so I guess he'll give us our, our yeah. review then. If you keep drinking it, I think we can assume you, <laughs> you can at least tolerate it. I do like it, but we'll talk about it in the after show because um, Tim, they also have the cranberry infused Sprite, which is the other holiday flavor okay. this year. And so I've had both of them, and we'll talk about that in the All after right. show teaser. So there we go. But Tim, we have one more set of questions and there's three from YouTube that I want to cover real quick okay. before we get into the rest of the show. So Tim, I'll go ahead and throw those up. We've got one from Mostafar. Mostafar says, how do I convert VGA to JAMA? Okay. okay. Just very generic, but I thought we could cover that real quick. Steven says, I have an old Final Fighter cabinet. The sound works, but there's no picture. Just a blurry spot the size of a quarter. Um, before it had a collapsed line across the screen, what could be wrong? So Steven has a collapse issue. Mike says, I have an IK-16-1 machine with an LCD monitor. We had a power outage. When it came back up, I get sound but no video. You can see a blue light on the inside of the monitor case. So we've got Mostafar who wants to know how to do VJ to JAMA. We have Steven who wants to know what's wrong with his Final Fight monitor that had did collapse and now has nothing. And then we have Mike who has a LCD monitor with no video. And so um, what do you think is going on? Let's take Mostafar's first. Um, VJ to JAMA. Go. Well, it's going to need some kind of converter board, and one that we like to recommend is the JPEG, which we've used for many years. Right. Uh, so he's going to need something to convert that video signal. Right. Yeah, exactly. So here's the deal. The JPEG has an amplifier on it for VGA, but you're still going to need to convert the signal to 15 kilohertz somehow. You can use a program like Soft 15 kilohertz, or you can use a video card like the Arcade VGA, right. but you're still going to have to have something to convert the signal, but the JPEG will convert... We'll take that 15 kilohertz signal that's produced by either soft 15 kilohertz or by your video card or whatever method, and we'll actually um, output it. It'll amplify it so that it works with the jam harness and goes to your tube. So the JPEG is what we'd recommend for that. On Steven's uh, collapse in the no monitor, what's going on? Right. There? In the middle, he said he just had a, a dot, but before there was the line. vertical line. That told me that his vertical IC probably has gone out. And uh, we have a video on dealing with vertical collapse. Monitor, well, monitor, monitor collapse, collapse issues. We call issues, it Issues, yeah. Because they do collapse both ways. Correct. So that will probably help him. But yes, he has, needs to rebuild his monitor chassis. And then Mike, LCD, no, no screen. Now, obviously, Tim, um, could be the board. Possibility. But what do you think? Well, one easy way to know is you can hook it up, hook your board up to a computer monitor. And if it works fine on that, then you got to... Got some kind of monitor issue, but more than likely, uh, something happened to his board. Uh, it sounds like when the power went out, it got a surge, 
or whatever. Well, but, it, but here's the th- here's the thing on this. If the you know a lot of times if a monitor is not getting a signal, what do you got on the screen? Right. No, no signal. No signal. Or you get a, no signal on LCDs. This is an mm-hmm. LCD monitor. It you get a LCD. no signal on an LCD. Typically, right. he's not getting anything. Right, but he's not getting anything, which makes me think monitor. It Maybe. could have been. But I think that's your why idea... I would hook it up right. to a computer monitor or a laptop or something and see if he's getting video. Then you know it's not his board. Absolutely. So let me go ahead and throw these up here, Tim. Most of our check out something like the JPEG from Ultimark. Keep in mind you also need something, a hardware software solution, to convert the video signal to the 15 kilohertz you need for a standard arcade monitor. So, um, But otherwise, it should work fine. So if you have a multi-sync, Tim, then you can just hook it up to the JPEG. You don't have to worry about it. So right. if you have a multi-sync, they'll do that. But if you have a multi-sync, you don't necessarily need a JPEG. You can just hook the board right to the monitor. So, True. I mean, it really depends on what you have. But um, the JPEG is kind of designed to take... Um, it's designed to take... The controls and the um, and the video from a computer and and then like I said hook them up to VGA because it has a um, it also has a keyboard encoder on it as well it's a keyboard and co- combination video amplifier keyboard encoder right so um, really cool thing so um, we used to use JPEGs a lot back in the day it's a good thing to have if you're looking for that solution Steven like Tim mentioned vertical IC out Sierra posts on repairing monitor collapse and troubleshooting games that are playing blind but in your particular case probably a vertical IC issue probably need to replace it. Yeah. So, um, Mike says, you know, or Mike's issues, t- Tim, you mentioned, try hooking up another LCD monitor to the 16 board. You can take a computer monitor off the shelf, hook it up to the 16 board. You may have to, you may have to flip a dip switch. More than likely, though, since an LCD monitor was already in it, you won't because right. it had an LCD monitor in it. Um, but uh, try that or try hooking a computer or uh, a, like an actual computer up to your LCD monitor right. and see if that works. Um, and let and kind of figure out what you find. If the um, LCD works with the computer but doesn't work with the 16M1 board, it's probably your board. Probably so. If the 61 board works with the computer monitor but not the monitor that's in the game, it's probably the monitor in the game. So, I mean, kind of kind of helps you troubleshoot that. And uh, sometimes when you have power outages, um, depending on how people rig up their monitor, you may have to turn on the monitor again. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so you had the power outage. It could have been that it had a setting to auto come on, and now that setting has been erased. Very good. From the power outage. So you may have to physically turn the monitor on again, depending on what kind of monitor it is. Which is why, Tim, we always recommend a commercial-grade, arcade-quality LCD. Yes. Commercial-grade, arcade-quality LCD in all of your games. And the reason why is because they come on automatically. You don't have to worry about power buttons. Um, They have... uh, mounts to uh to actually put them inside the game they they fit with frames very easily it's very easy to to install always recommend that so okay tim well i think that's it for our questions now we did get a hi from uh from uh, our friend uh dan who came and visited us remember dan mm-hmm. so um, he says hi from washington state good to hear from you dan merry christmas to you as well sir can i make a prediction and we'll talk about this in the after show okay I think the next Dallas Cowboys coach, I think there will be one next year. Okay. We can talk about that. It's not going to be Jason Garrett? I don't think so. They're playing right now. Unless they win the Super Bowl. Right. They're playing right now. The game hasn't started, right? 7.30? No, it hasn't started yet. So you guys keep us updated on the score. Once it starts, 7.30 is the time. But But Dan, I think that the next Cowboys coach will come from Washington State. Look at that. And if you're not, not aware, something very mysterious happened this week. That you're going to talk about in the after show. The Washington State coach stepped down, although he has a very good winning. He was the coach of Boise State when they beat Oklahoma. Okay. Who they had a quarterback at the time who is now the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. (laughs) Mysteriously, after a great year this year, 
resign. Uh, we'll see. wonder what's going on. We'll talk go. about it now. <laughs> there you go. Good teaser. Well, Tim, <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts all year. All right. I'm going to come over here. And I'm going to do this. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good catch. <laughs> I threw it at him. I, he didn't know I was going to throw it at him. So, um, we guys, I always... Um, UW coach. Hmm, there you go. But, um, guys, as you know, it's Christmas. And so, um, as Tim mentions, I'm always ahead on my, my holiday shopping. You are. You're Black Friday is my day. I get a lot of my shopping done on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So, whenever it's done... I'm waiting on my stuff to come in the mail. Now, for those of you guys who don't know how this works, there's usually three items in this box, <laughs> and two of them are t-shirts. <laughs> so, um, and the third one is a miscellaneous item would, that, uh, exactly, that, um, that I like to... We don't break throw. tradition much. That's right, exactly. That's okay if we do. So... Okay. So, it's definitely probably not a box of Kleenexes. No, even though I used the Kleenex box for it. All right. Okay, there you go. No, I must say that there is an arcade game in this box. I told you. It's a, uh, an arcade game. Just a little on the small side. <laughs> it is awesome. It is definitely a um, Palace. Oh, it's the 20 in one. I saw the Miss, they have the Miss Pac-Man and a Pac-Man one No, like this, this one is the Palace this Arcade is Stranger Things Stranger edition. Things edition. And it has 20 games. So, there you go. So, you know, there's oh, nothing okay. like getting an arcade game for Christmas. So let's see what 20 games does it have on here. Uh, it has Namco Posits and more. I don't know what all of them are. We know Dig Dug, Galaxian, Pac-Man. We know that it has a lot of them on there. I, the whole list is on the website, and nice. um, we can do that here in a second. But uh, that is one. All that right. is the miscellaneous item. Yeah, and, then and we the have other two shirts. you'll be seeing in the next couple months because these are where I get all these shirts that you exactly all the shirts that you that you wear. You one know? I definitely do not did not have, and I'm and this is really one everybody excited. Needs. I was about to say this is this is one everybody I, needs. I'm already excited about this one. So this is uh, really cool. This is vintage awesome. logo Activision. Oh yes, love it. Vintage logo and even worn a little. Love bit. it. You gotta like the the little wear that they put into yeah. it. Yeah. So kind of like your uh, like your missile command as well, All right. and then this one. Now I, we I kinda, went non arcade related, but but, but, but definitely eighties, <laughs> and I also uh, love it. So hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. Just saying. <laughs> there we go, Goonies. Oh, I hate how the focus. Like whenever we hold it, yeah, you know, we I hold it in front of you. Gotta, Sorry, like, guys, about the focus. Like, yeah, there you go. So there you go. I'll be real still. There you go. So you got a Goonies one. Yeah, you got a, a vintage Activision one, and you got the Palace Arcade. Now I must say, I really like the Christmas Star Wars R two D two. Yeah, C2PO. that's yes. pretty cool. I was just thinking about tonight what shirt was I going to wear tonight, and actually it went more on that I wanted to wear an undershirt because it is actually cold tonight. Yeah, it, Look cool. It's sixty. Yeah, I mean, which is wow. cool. It's windy though. Yeah, it's kind of. I needed an undershirt, so I went with the blue. But I was thinking, man, we need an arcade uh, Christmas shirt, so maybe we'll have to oh. design one or something. If you want to, we—it's we, not like we've had a no shirt policy. People have asked us about shirts, right? But, you know, I think I think a Christmas shirt would be. Cool. But a lot of people want to know where we get the shirts, or where Jonathan, I should say, always gets the shirts. And I guess that's yeah. on the next. You guys one. can get you guys can get the same stuff Tim got. Um, the Stranger Things Mini Arcade has been on sale for fifteen dollars, Tim, which is actually a really good deal. So if you guys want to get one for your, the friends in your life that are arcade lovers, then and especially if they're Stranger Things fans as well, because it kind of goes along since it's Palace Arcade branded there. It's uh, like a Palace Arcade conversion kit. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's pretty cool. And then uh, if you want the Goonies shirt or the Activision shirts, all these links. 
links are down below in the show uh, show notes because Tim doesn't look at those, so I know I could hit, hide them from him. But um, there you go. It's uh, you guys can pick up the Goonies T-shirt that I got, Tim, the Activision vi uh, Vintage T-shirt, and the Stranger Things Mini Arcade. Oh, uh, somebody said, uh, let's see, it's it's a uh, it's a booty trap, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so uh let's see um two oh i got two palace arcade shirts i could have got you that oh nice um but uh let's see there you go so uh, you guys can pick it up right now if you want to pick up the same things that tim got for christmas so uh, there you go but um yeah awesome and hey, my wife got me the the star wars shirt um, i was not feeling good kind of over the thanksgiving break and uh, she brought this home and said hey i brought you oh, so this is new well yeah this i is thought you had it last time no um I, let's see some of the other shirts in my collection i've got the son of a nutcracker with the elf in it it's one of my favorites i have the oh snap with like the uh, gingerbread man losing his foot um you know i like that kind of stuff it's just funny it's fun to wear, wear around i wore this pick up my kids today i hope i didn't embarrass them too much but uh, <laughs> it is what it is so oh but, okay it's got pac-man Galaxian, Dig Dug, Galaga, and 16 Stranger Theme theme games. Oh, well, there you go. They're not all arcade games. They're not I did not all realize arcade that. games. You can pull that, them out of the box right now. How cool is it? While, oh, while we're continuing on, I mean, you know, just... Oh, I'm going to play it later. Because I think there's probably a thing you can pull the battery on. I don't know if it has batteries with it or not. No. Um, does it say, oh, requires. Yeah. Uh, three AA batteries. I'll That's give you okay. Those. I got some I'll of those. I'll give you those. We're good so, for that. There you go. I don't know now. I don't know if I want to take it out of the box and have it not be a collectible. Uh, uh, that's up to you, but I, I mean, may. It's, it's... I may put it in my shop. It's up to you. Whatever you want to do. So, uh, there you go. Uh, Rexer Show said, great shirts. There you go. Um, somebody said, Goonies. That was YouTube mm -hmm. Punk Goonies. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Um, great tips all I'm the time. Merry that. Christmas from Jeff in Nebraska. And Merry Christmas, Jeff. I'm not going to do the truffle shuffle. <laughs> there you go. Uh, way back in the day, this is from Michael, I could beat the arcade version of Versus the Goonies with all prizes without losing a man. That and Shinobi were the only games I ever got perfect. Wow. Um, let's see. Pretty impressive because I'm terrible at that game yes <laughs> there you go so um okay and delusional uh delusional's arcade is here as well uh, another uh, guy who has a great arcade channel you guys should check out and uh and so you guys can check out his as well okay tim well it's time to move into some discussion okay so let us move to the first little discussion that we have here and that is the haunted house black hole 3d digital pinball machine released by toy shock that plays 12 gottlieb titles have you seen this tim yes so this is like the arcade one up version of a pinball, a pinball game it's still small and little but it's a little different right uh, exactly it's a little different toy shock has released and i'll read the little hit thing here the haunted house and black hole 3d digital pinball machine the pinball machine is extremely solid and stable now this is from their website okay. <laughs> and gives a real gameplay experience with realistic features again from their website so um that's what they're saying plays 12 gottlieb licensed games i think uh, tx sector is one of them lights camera action there's a couple others there tim that you can play of course haunted house black hole Right. Which are actually two of my favorites. Those are really good as well. So, but uh, other features include 3D games, nudge and tilt functions, up to four players per game, and ball count display. Uh, and Tim, the length is about three feet, and then the width is about two feet, and then the height to the top of the marquee box is about four feet, mm -hmm. to like the actual screen where the gameplay is, is about a little bit over three feet. Right. Just to give you an idea of the actual size. So we're not talking, we're not talking about a, um, we're not talking about something that's, like, big. It's definitely the smaller equivalent. Now, it is a digital pinball machine, Tim. There are right. no physical. It's not the, the zizzle that we had that actually had physical mechanisms and everything. Um, this is a virtual pinball machine in, in the classic sense. This is like somebody took, you know, visual pinball and, and you know, like I said, just So does it have an LCD in screen in it? It does. It has an LCD screen. I think it's a 27-inch LCD. It's okay. not 32. I know that. 
So, um, but anyway, so um, some people are saying that this is very laggy. So, Tim, I mean, just obviously this is kind of a thing. And, you know, when the arcade one-ups, you know, came out, we were kind of skeptical. But now we're kind of, we're kind of digging them. Okay, but this is a little bit different than the arcade one-up. I feel like with arcades, a lot of times, you can kind of emulate the experience and get close to the same. But we've talked about this with pinball. It's very hard to emulate pinball, right? Right. And so I thought tonight we would debate this. So let's talk about arcade debate, Tim. Will the Toy Shock, Haunted House, and Black Hole Home Pinball Machine find an audience? Okay, that is tonight's topic du jour for our arcade debate segment. And so, Tim, with that in mind, let us go to the debate. Boom. Okay, are we in our windows? I'm there. Okay, you are there. I, I'm having to move over here. <laughs> um, so, of course, guys, we'll do what we always do. We'll do a little bit of a reset, and then we'll come back and debate this topic. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Arcade Debate segment for this evening. And, Tim, tonight, I don't know if you've seen it, but a company called Toy Shock has released a 12-in-1 digital home pinball machine that is smaller than what you have with a regular pinball machine, but it also only retails for around $400. Now, Tim, obviously, the Arcade 1-Up machines have really made a splash. They're doing fairly well at retail locations, and this is kind of the Arcade 1-Up version of pinball, but... A little different because pinball usually uses physical mechanisms. So tonight's debate question is, will this machine find an audience? So Tim, yes or no, what do you think? Will the Toy Shock 12-in-1 arcade home or home pinball machine find an audience with people? Will there be people who actually purchase this thing? My guess will be no. I don't think that this is going to be that popular as the one-ups. Okay. Well, I'm going to go yes, Tim. So I will let you have your points first. Why do you think this thing will not be as popular as what we have the arcade one-ups? Well, the reason why is because arcade one-ups were, although they were smaller, they were still designed for adults. They were not made for kids to necessarily play. And uh, they were basically a... Home version of a sim very similar arcade game that made it a little bit more affordable, but it was their target audience was adults who used to play in the arcade. I think this is more targeted to, and is going to target towards kids, and I don't think that adults will appreciate and want to buy one. If you like pinball, uh, you're not you're going to see this as a toy. Well, here's the deal, Tim. I think there are a lot of people who like pinball, but there are also people who have full arcades of the arcade one-up machines. Like, I have seen people who have 14 of these things in their houses, okay? And so they collect arcade one-up machines like we collect arcade machines, for instance. And so a lot of them have been yearning for a pinball machine. And, you know, a lot of people have talked about the Zizzle machines that came out, you know, a couple years back, Tim. But the thing about the Zizzle is that they did have physical mechanisms. And the thing that kind of makes me waver a bit on this is the fact that it is just basically a virtual pinball machine but i do think that a lot of these guys who have the arcade one up machines now are very very interested in having a pinball style machine as well and so i think in that case that that may be their audience is the people who have the arcade one up machines and have a ton of them and also want a pinball machine in their home as well and tim we know that 400 dollars for a pinball machine is literally a tenth of the cost if not even a little bit cheaper, of an actual pinball machine. And so I think in that case, I think there's a lot of arcade one-up owners 
who love pinball, who would love to have this in their house. And so I do think there is an audience for this. And Tim, I don't know if you noticed, but the Walmart site, they've already sold out of whatever their initial allotment was. So obviously there are people buying them. Now their initial allotment could have been 10 for all we know. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. But I think the fact that they're already sold out is a good indicator that maybe there is a target audience for this. I am with you though on the skept- the skepticism surrounding it being a virtual pinball machine versus being a at least somewhat traditional pinball right, machine. Right, because you can actually buy a toy pinball that is a real pinball game. Sure. It actually has a pinball that goes around for not much more around that same price. And that's what I think pinball collectors are going to look at it and say, well, it's just a virtual pinball. If I want to do that, I'll spend a little bit more and I'll get a full-size one or they'll make their own or something like that. So you got to say, who is the audience for this guy? Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are going to be a lot of adults that go, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe I'd like to have one just for fun. I think it's kind of cool. I, I actually would love to see one in person and play it. But I don't know that I'll jump out and buy it. So, I, you know, that's the problem I'm going to see. The question was, will it find an audience? And I think it will find an audience. I just worried it's going to be too small an audience. And maybe, Tim, I don't know. If you're trying to say, is it going to be as popular as one-up cabinets? I would probably say no. If we were going that route, because I think Arcade One Up, there's a the games that they have released and licensed have a lot of fond memories for people. I mean, look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, look at Street Fighter, look at Mortal Kombat, even Galaga Galaxy and Pac Man. Those games have a lot of, of um, you know just memories. The problem with the game selection on this is it's 12 Gottlieb games, and while some of the games may bring back some memories, I mean Haunted House, Black Hole are good games, TX Sector. I mean, most people, when they think of pinball, what do they think of? Like, the, what's the one we get asked about all the time? Adam's Family. Right. Right? Twilight Zone. And, Next and Generation. Next yeah. Generation. Games like that. And these games are definitely of the older type. And so I think when it comes to that, you have to be the kind of person who just wants something similar to a pinball machine, but doesn't want a full-size machine. So it kind of narrows the audience a bit. If they would have been able to license some of the more popular titles... If they would have given with Williams games, I think it would have been a whole different story. Right. I, I, mean, I do believe that. Right, because I, I think that's where Arcade 1-Up ha, has really made their money, is in the actual licenses for the games. The Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet for Arcade 1-Up is great. It has 2, 3, and and base, or it has um, Mortal Kombat 2, Ultimate Mortal Kombat on it, and uh, what's the other, or Original Mortal Kombat. So it's okay. Original Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2, and Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Well, that basically gives people the entire Mortal Kombat pantheon that they remember from a, from being a kid, you know? And so, you know, when they see an arcade one-up cabinet, it's, I mean, memory-wise, it looks pretty close to what the real thing looks like. Right. But I, this, it looks like a haunted house cabinet, but I mean, how many people nowadays remember, remember haunted house? It, right. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, how many people come up to me and say, hey... Hey, have you ever come across a haunted house? Right. A lot of people come up to us. Do you have Galaga for sale? Do you yep. have a Miss Pac-Man for sale? Adam's family. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has said, hey, do you have a black hole? Right. And how do you play black hole without a bottom field? You well, know, I mean, I'm, it's I'm emulating sure it's the... it. Right. I was about to say, it's emulating the experience. But again, the thing about black hole is, it's, yeah, the multi-layers, right, on both black hole and, and haunted house, all that's emulated. But without the depth perception, it's really hard to tell, right? I mean, you're so not So to me, the, the audience is the as a kid. Now, if you're a pen enthusiast... It's very hard for your kids to play these pinball games. Uh, I could see if you wanted, if you had pinball games, you want to buy one and let your kids play it. I think that may be their audience and maybe how they should market it. But only time will tell. 
And what what are what do other people think? I guess what does our audience think? And that's the question to you as you were watching this. So please let us know what you think. Will the Toy Shock 12-in-1 Home Pinball Machine find an audience? Yes or no? Please leave some comments in the comment section below if you're watching this on Facebook or if you're on Twitter. Reply back to this and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your opinions. Thank you for joining us for the arcade debate segment for this evening, and we'll see you next time. Okay. I think we're done. I think so. What do you think? Uh, you know, oh, it's okay. kind of cool. Um, I, you know, I don't... A lot of our true arcade enthusiasts, including us and some people on our team, um, didn't like the one-up cabinets, just kind of felt like... And I don't know or how do pe- uh, pinball people... How do they... How, what are they saying about it? What, are, what What's sure. the chatter you're hearing? Yeah. Same I don't know. I mean, they, yeah, a lot of the pinball people... I, I mean, I don't know if they're totally they against it. Careless. I think it's careless. Yeah, I think so. So uh, let's see what else we get. get um, so YouTube Punk asks, as a Christmas gift to the audience, how about a Tim Rap? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he did that donate was some last money. Year. <laughs> How much money would he have to donate yeah. to get you to do that? <laughs> we did a rap last... Was it last No, Christmas? it was a while back. We played it during the anniversary show. The oh, anniversary okay. Show. Actually, so I guess it was a year ago. It's All been right. a while. Right, it's been a while. So we may be due for another t- another rap. Maybe so. I'm just saying. We'll have a new 2020 rap or something coming. There you go. Um, let's see. TexJYT says, from the videos I've seen and reviews, it's buggy. So that may yeah. be part of it too. The arcade one ups actually were pretty good. I mean, you yeah. you got to play them before anybody else, and you felt like they played pretty often. Yeah, and what's uh, I was shocked when they announced Star Wars and Golden Tee. I mean, think about it. You can have a. It's not. It's not like they just have one or two different kinds. If you were to collect every arcade one up, you would have a pretty cool collection. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who have. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd have, like, I think they've got, like, 15 games or something like that total. I mean, it's a ton. Right. I mean, it may not be 15, but, I mean, it's quite a few, and you could have a, a nice little arcade. There's people who have whole arcades of them. So, uh, let's see what else we have here. <laughs> YouTube Punk says it's a keychain. <laughs> yeah. Well, compared to a real pinball machine, yes, but it's also cheaper than a real pinball machine. So, so, so we're obviously not running to Walmart and pre-ordering. Right. But... If they dropped it down on clearance, you saw one for a couple hundred dollars. Two hundred bucks. It would be pretty tempting then. I, I think. I, I may pull not that. Me. Not that it's a bad price at three ninety nine. No, it's a pretty good price for. No. Heck, you get the twenty seven inch monitor out of it, you'd almost break even. Twenty seven inch monitors are cheaper than they used to be. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say. So I mean, even with that, but I mean, if it's an arcade style, exactly arcade style. Yeah, if you could pull it out and do it, use it for it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So. But. But uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, Danny says, funny, I just saw this yesterday, and the downfall is the back glass area. Interesting. Because I think I don't know if the back glass changes. I just think the scoring displays are there. Uh-huh. So, like, the, the bottom plate, like, the play field changes, but the scoring displays are still still haunted house, and it just has displays for the scores. Okay. So, so like, you know, you see the same scoring displays no matter what game you play, and it has a haunted house back, back glass no matter what game you play. But the play Is it the changed. old school digital looking I don't know. Display. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how it looks. Anybody know? I'd be yeah. curious to know that. Michael says, you can't replicate how the ball reacts when it jumps in the air, hits the glass, and spins around, going exactly where you didn't think it was going to go. Yeah, that's the, the one thing about physics. If you've played right. uh, Pinball Arcade or Pinball FX3, very hard to emulate ball physics. Um, and I love Pinball Arcade, but man, it is like predictable as I'll get out. The ball always bounces the same way every single time. And we all know that it's totally different when you play a real pinball machine. Balls go everywhere. So. Right. 
lot different. So uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, there's nothing like getting that knock on a high score, a special match either. <laughs> right. So um, funny story, had family over here and um, one of my cousins was playing Monopoly and got a match and freaking scared him half to death when that knocker went <laughs> off. And I had to explain to him because people don't know, even, <laughs> I, even before. It was a like, good thing, right? Right, before, well, I mean, everything's on free play here. Right. But before I was into to pinball that much uh-huh. i mean i would hear that noise and i just walk away from the machine people who don't play pinball they have no idea what that noise means right you have to explain it to them that's free game people you know and we've gotten free games before you know i mean on, on pinball machines and so now i know that mm-hmm. i understand it but at one point you know i i did he not thought know he broke it, it. He was yeah exactly like, what, like, what in the world right so um that is something you get that physical knock scares you half to death really feels good um if you know what it is right I should say that uh, let's see what else we have. Um, YouTube Punk says four hundred dollars. Yeah, kind of, I mean, kind of pricey. Um, but like you said, for uh, what you're getting, I don't know. I mean, they license the games. I wouldn't sell it for much less if I was exactly building it. Um, RC Outdoor says, I guess no maintenance, as in a real pinball machine. That is true. Yeah, very that would be a little plus. maintenance on this um, in comparison. Um, Delusional's back. He says his phone di- died. Which uh, glad to have you back. So mm-hmm. it happens. Uh, Danny says, I think I have a. Ch- um, I think it has a chance, but it needs a few changes, back glass, and the graphics on it. And I think if they would have gone with a full LCD, like a full screen for the back glass, it uh-huh. changes out with the games, I think they would have been in better shape. The price would have to increase for that. Oh, yeah. You probably would have to take it up to 500 And I think they're trying to hit a certain price, trying yeah. to hit that $400 price. Because you don't want to be that much more expensive than the arcade one-ups. I think you want to be around that right. same price. And so, like, the most expensive arcade one-up is... Four- uh, well, technically, it's five hundred, isn't? Or is no four hundred? The Star Wars is it's four hundred, right? Four hundred. Mm. They're around four hundred, and so you want to be around that four or five hundred on the top end. Uh, let's see what else we have. Jason says might get one used or used one cheap. Uh, debox it, hang the playfield on the wall, and run the demo arcade wall art. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, let's see. Tech like JYT, I'm with it. you guys. Bad choice to be just Gottlieb games, and I think that's the big killer here. Is that if it was if it was um, uh, more games that people knew. Um, Adam's Family, Tim, is one we get asked about a lot. But the license for Adam's Family, I mean, not only do you have to license the Williams part of it, but you have to license the Adam's Family What if it was too. all the Star Wars games? How cool would that be? Yeah, that'd be, or something like that, absolutely. And maybe Stern could help with that. You know, it'd be something, I don't know. Oh, Delusional sent a $2 donation. Thank you, Yay, thank you. thank you. Uh, all donations accepted, guys. And again, you guys should check out Delusional's Arcade on YouTube if you like arcade repair stuff. He does great, great work, so... Uh, let's see what else we have here. Oh, um, TextJYT says alphanumeric displays. So, I mean, I'm sure they're just regular LCD okay. screens, but they're alphanumeric looking, right? Okay. So, um, they don't randomize the ball. Oh, yeah, they don't randomize the balls. Um, let's see. Call it cracking it. <laughs> so, I, or, that's what uh, the Racer Show says. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's really it's really one of those things where games make a lot of difference. And that's where I think our, where Arcade 1-Up was smart. They got the license for games that people, there's a legitimate audience, for, right. right? I mean, Galaga, Pac-Man, how many times does come, people come up to you? People who know you're in the arcades and say, hey, have you ever played Galaga? Right, or do you have, or a, do you Galaga? have a Galaga? Or do you have that, That it started Space with a shooter. G, it's like a, sh- you know, and you go across and you get two ships. Yeah, exactly. You know, everybody knows. Everybody knows. And so, and even Centipede, too. You know, right. people, I've, we've had people come up, hey, um, do you have a Centipede? Because right. people love Centipede. And that was one of the first ones that Arcade went up licensed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and then Street Fighter. I mean, goodness, Street Fighter 2. Golly, who doesn't right. remember Street Fighter 2? That was one of the first ones that was in the first run of, of their games. Smart. They were super smart about what they licensed. And, Tim, they made them look enough like the original arcades that, I mean, I just think that's why they're so, I mean, they did it right. Mm-hmm. They did it right. And it's hard to do it right. 
Okay, and I think Toy Shock may be taking a different approach to that. But here's the deal: is that now that Arcade One Up has kind of has kind of busted through that, there may be people who will buy it just because they have all these Arcade One Ups and they want something like Pinball to buy. Maybe so. so. Never know. But anyway. Let us continue on here, guys. And uh, Tim, I actually got to see... I know last time we talked about the At Games Legends Ultimate. Mm -hmm. And that my wife had taken pictures of the one at Sam's. Well, last time I went up there, they had it out of the box. And I got to actually play it. This is me beside it. Now, Tim, you gotta remember, I'm six foot. Right. Six foot one. Okay? And so, that's only about six inches shorter than I am. Right. So... It's not an arcade one. So it's kind of like a Donkey Kong size, almost a little, L- little shorter, right? Tiny bit shorter. A tiny bit shorter, but you know, very playable standing up, very playable. Now, Tim, the one thing, and and I wrote my thoughts here, and I'll I'll kind of go over them real quick. But the build quality I felt like was good. The controls felt good. Spinner yeah. felt good. Um, everything felt good about it. Um, I was surprised by the height. I did not think it'd be so so tall. And it is, and I mean, basically just about six inches, or maybe a foot shy of a of a full-size cabinet. Maybe about a foot shy of a full-size. Because if I okay. stand next to a full-size cabinet, I, I may just be a hair underneath it. Right. Uh, um, so it's almost a full-size cabinet. And uh, the game selection, though, I was a little disappointed in. Um, I mean, it had some side-scrolling fighters and stuff like, or side, like beat-em-up, side-scrolling beat-em-ups and some fighters and things like that. But, I mean, it's a lot of generic stuff. And then they put Tron and Fix-It Felix, but, I mean, you can't really play Tron, right? Because it doesn't have right. the joystick trigger. Right, the trigger joystick. Right. Doesn't have anything like that. So you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can play most of the games, but you know, yeah, you, there's some working around that you have to do, right? I mean, uh, you can use the joystick and hold the first button and play it and stuff like that. I mean, there are some ways to do it, but like, and and then like on the the game where you know you you try to get through the MCP, um, then you can you can use the spinner and the button one, but you know, it just doesn't feel. And here's the thing, though, like on the MCP program in particular, you got to move, you got to move your arm. And you got to hit the button. Wow. Impossible, right? Yeah. Without the Tron joystick. Impossible. And so Tron doesn't play so well on it. And it's hard to emulate Tron anyway because of its unique control scheme. Uh, thank you, George Gomez. So I <laughs> <laughs> can I throw that out there. Yeah. But um, anyway, but yeah, so that's that's the thing about it. So the um, selection was lackluster. And then some of the games that were there didn't play well. But here's the thing, Tim. This thing is like a ready-to-go meme cabinet. I mean, and you can add games to it. There okay. are videos where you can add games to it. And it shows how to do that. Add your own ROMs. You can plug in USB um, USB devices to it, so you can use game pads. And what's the price on this one? Five hundred. So it's a five hundred dollar main cap. Yeah, you could build your own. I mean, you'd knock out a lot of main and put your own stuff in there. If Big you time. To. And so you know, I think if you're the kind of guy who's like, man, I've always wanted a main cabinet, but I don't really know how to build one. I'm not familiar with the computer stuff. I mean, this thing is like right up your alley. It really is. I mean, so this is not for the arcade one-up people. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it can be. I mean, it can be if you are that. But if you're the kind of person who really wants something like like that, you know, like a main cabinet set up, but you don't want to spend the time building it, this is kind of, this is the alternative that you have. This will work for that. And so uh, don't think of it like an arcade one-up. An arcade one-up I think of as a mini dedicated cabinet. Right. This I think of as like a smaller main cabinet. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different audience. The emulation was better than I expected. Okay. I mean, like it, the games that it does play, which is not a not a ton of them, and, and the licenses are not great. But the games that it does play play perfectly. I mean, as far as I can tell, the emulation is right on, um, and you can, like I said, add games to it, so you're not stuck with the the stuff that's there. So if you're interested in a Mame style cabinet that is already built that you don't have to build, this is your ticket. 
Interesting. So that's my thoughts. You can go see it at maybe your local Sam's too. Maybe they have one set up. They had it on the Wi-Fi, and so it has an arcade net where you can download more games and do some other things. They got to kind of browse that for a minute. But uh, Tim, I mean, overall, I was impressed. The only thing that the only thing I didn't like was the game selection, which can be fixed through either purchasing games, uploading your own ROMs, or doing other things. So, um, but like I said, if you're looking for a ready to go MAME cabinet, I don't think you could go. I don't think you get one for a better price. Uh-huh. I mean, that's really really what it comes down to. So. Uh, let's see what else um, we got here. How about the quarter cades? Ten pence uh, podcast number one forty three interviews the guys who make them, uh, and what's next for licensing? Great stuff. Okay, I, I'm not familiar with the quarter cades. Are you familiar with those? Mm-mm. So, um, let's see. Michael says I am thankful for Ad Games for one reason. Their Genesis is so downright poor. It made <laughs> it made me get an original console back up and running. Oh, Greg, three dollars. Thank you, Greg. So here's the thing about Ad Games, guys. I have seen reviews of their recent products, like, and I say recent, like this year's models, mm-hmm. and the reviews are good. So it seems Maybe. like they're making an effort to be better. I think in the past, they didn't have competition. And the one thing about competition, Tim, is it forces everybody to be better. I think so. Okay, here's the thing about ad games. They have competition now, mm-hmm. okay? The NES Classic, the Super NES Classic, the Mini Genesis made by Sega, that's all competition. And now they have to meet the same level of quality if they want to compete in that space. And I think we're seeing it with some of these new ones. There's a little Legends console this year that they released, Tim, and that thing's getting great reviews. Okay. Now, some of the Blast consoles have been pretty terrible, so I would stay away from, like, the little... And the Blast ones are the ones that have, like, the little HDMI dongle and just the controller and play, like, four or five games. Yeah. Uh, I would stay away from those but it seems like the higher-end stuff, like their Legends console, the uh, Legends Ultimate, all that kind of stuff, the reviews are, are pretty decent for the most part now. And so I think that they're having to up their level of quality in response to everybody else. Because like I said, they're entering this market with the Legends Ultimate. They know that there's competition in Arcade 1-Up. So they have to be able to at least compete on that level with them. So $500, it's a little bit more than Arcade 1-Up. But if you're looking for kind of a one-game-fits-all solution instead of just buying like a game that plays four games, you want something that can play a multitude of games, you spend a little bit more, you get a bigger cabinet, you get something that plays multiple games. Nice. So there you go. Um, let's see. Oh, so I said, I beg to differ. I have Tron on my MAME. I have a half flight stick and spinner. I modded the joystick to have a Tron restrictor. It's arcade perfect. You can do it. You can do Tron and MAME, but you got to have the joystick. The joystick right. is the key. This control panel does not have the joystick. You've got to have a joystick with a trigger. That is a that is a have to, and so you've used a flight stick. Flight sticks can be used for that, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, in my it's really hard to get that same feel. The black lights too. I should mention right. that black <laughs> lights. Uh, it's really hard to get the same feel on Tron for me. Right, but so, imagine like you're saying playing it with a four way or an eight way an eight way joystick, and then you also have a spinner, and then you're having to hit a button like this. Yeah, and that's how this is set up because you don't have the trigger joystick. You don't have a trigger a switch on the joystick that you can hit. And so if you have the switch on the joystick, like Delusional saying, then yes, you can get pretty close to it in an emulated environment. Mm-hmm. But without that, very difficult. So, um, yeah, um, Regular Show says the same thing. I agree. At Games has stepped up their game. They have. And mm-hmm. I'm not just saying that. Um, I Like I said, I have, after playing this even, I have changed my opinion on, on this product. Because I thought for sure that the emulation was going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. But when I played the games, they play just like they do on a main cap. There is no difference. Um, you know, it plays just like you'd expect it to. So don't just sell it short because it's an at games product. That's what I would say. Don't sell it short. So, oh, at game, or, uh, Delusional says it needs the special restrictor plate too, as he was saying, to get it, I guess, arcade perfect. Mm-hmm. You really need the restrictor plate. So it, it, it depends. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of, di- you know, that setup sounds great. There are other ways to accomplish that as well. Um, there's an actual Tron USB joystick that you can get. It's right. made to do that. So you can get that as well. 
So yeah, the light cycle stages. That's why you need the restrictor plate, mm-hmm. right? To get the to get the angles right. So okay, and then Tim, I think our last one here. Speaking of Tron, right? Man, just segue right into that. And Tim, Mark, uh, our one of our Facebook moderators, posted this. You can add Satan's Hollow to your Tron cabinet with this multi-game free play and high score save kit from high highscoresaves.com. And Tim. Our friend Joe, who also provided us with the Donkey Kong High Score Save Kit, right. and he does some excellent work on these things. If you are looking for a free play kit or a high score save kit, you should be going to highscoresaves.com because he has the best ones. So, um, And this one, Tim, not only allows you to add free play and save high scores, but it adds an entirely different game, game to your Tron. Right. You can play Satan's Hollow on your Tron cabinet. So it turns your Tron into a multi-game, plus it gives you free play and high score save. Pretty cool stuff. So, this kit allows you to play Satan's Hollow on your Tron Upright Cocktail or Cabaret Cabinet, Tim. Nice. Whichever Tron you have. It also adds free play and high score save capabilities to both games. Please note that this kit is only for Tron. Can't play Tron in Satan's Hollow because there's no spinner. Right. Okay, so keep that in mind. The base price is 140 and you can get upgrades and things as you want to for it. But for those of you who have a Tron who want to maybe add another game to your game room in a way, then you can get this kit. And Tim, one of the things that always frustrated me about Tron is you have to put in the what we call the free play button that coins up the game right? because there's not a native free play mode. Right, exactly. But with this kit, you will get a native free play mode, which is awesome. So that means you can let it go, let it run, and when somebody wants to play, they just hit start and they're good to go. Awesome. And it's the same with Donkey Kong. The Donkey Kong kit, Tim, that we Mm -hmm. we have the video installing is the same way. I don't have to coin up my Donkey Kong anymore. When people come over, they can just hit the start button. It works, yep. which is nice. Guess what I was hitting to coin it up? The server what? switch on top. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like we were talking about before. But uh, yeah, so check that out, highscoresaves.com. Tim, we can't say enough nice things about Joe. Uh, Joe is a great guy. He sells some amazing kits, and he provided the kit for us just basically for the, the you know review, uh-huh. um, which we appreciate so much. But he has put out some excellent products, and you guys need to check out highscoresaves.com if you haven't already. So, um, oh, uh, Delusional says, Joe is great. I met him a few years back. He is awesome stuff. He is. So if you don't know it, you need to, like I said, just do business with them, and I promise you'll have a high opinion of him. So, okay, Tim, well, I think we're about ready to wrap this up, but we do want to remind everybody that if you have some arcade-related videos on your channel and you want some free advertising, we're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Send a link of your video to questions at arcaderpairtips.com and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure you put a plug-in for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. So there you go. Um, And Tim, uh, the Rexer Show, uh, Greg, who we were talking to earlier, had actually submitted a video i think of that build he did right so we may play some snippets on it on the next live show okay so you good. guys can see and if you guys uh, don't know what we're that. talking about you can go back and uh, you can go back to the beginning of the show tonight and see the pictures of that build but he also have a, has a video of that build on his youtube channel so nice. there you guys so check that out and then tim we also have our wonderful ways that you can contact us. We have our contact information, our general email at questions at arcaderepairtips.com, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. And make sure that you put live show in the subject to get it mentioned on the show. Tim, Chris, who sent in the question about the um, centipede, actually put live show in the title. And if you do that, guess what? We covered on the live show. So if you put live show in the subject, you will get it mentioned on the show. And again, that's at questions at arcaderepairtips.com. All questions can go there. 
And then, Tim, we have our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. That's really for those of you listening via our podcast. For the rest of you who are watching this, you already know where to find us. So, right. <laughs> I mean, that's not a big deal. But um, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, then you can go to youtube.arcaderepairtips.com to see the video of this show and every other live show that we've ever had. We do cover comments from the last live show on the next episode. So, Tim, we had some follow-ups and things tonight. Those got covered on this episode, of course. So, you guys can check that out there. But, again, if you're if you want to see the video of this or if you want to hear the after show because we don't put the after show up on the podcast feed if you want to hear the after show youtube.arcaderepairtips.com and then Tim, we have our podcast email and for those of you who were not here earlier in the show eric and rusty have a new podcast Yay. and they have actually sent me a new episode that we will be posting uh, sometime maybe tomorrow hopefully and so it will be posted shortly about Basically, everything that went into them starting the secondary location of the Game Preserve in Houston. So if you guys want to hear that, it will be posted on the podcast feed soon. But you can send Eric and Rusty questions at podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. They are now back in business, Tim. They say they're going to do shows every month. So excited to hear some more information from them. So it's going to be great. But uh, again, guys, podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. Eric and Rusty, check out their next episode coming very, 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 very soon. Subscribe at iTunes.ArcadeRepairTips.com, Stitcher.ArcadeRepairTips.com if you use Stitcher. Or, Tim, we're on Spotify as well. You can listen on Spotify, uh, and you'll just have to do a search for Arcade Repair Tips, and you'll find it. And then, Tim, we have our social media pages. And, Tim, we want to thank Louie and Mark for all of the work that they do, especially Louie because he was here tonight. Thank you, Louie, uh, for all of the work that you do on the social media pages. And again, um, both those guys are technically Facebook moderators, so they're at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com. But Tim, we do also cross-post everything from our Facebook page onto our Twitter feed at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. So you guys can check out both of those, facebook.arcaderepairtips.com and twitter.arcaderepairtips.com for all the latest arcade information and news stories. Anything that we find interesting, uh, that's where it'll be. And Tim, we got an update on the Cowboys game. It is now Cowboys 7, Bears nothing so for those of you guys who are watching us instead of watching the game you got (laughs) you just got a score update but tim we'll be talking more about more of that during the after show i'm sure um delusional has to go thanks for joining us tonight delusional but tim i think this speaking of exit ramps i think this is our exit ramp for the regular show so let's talk about the after show now you tease some cowboy coaching talk yes we tease some thoughts about cinnamon coke yes since you just had that you know tell me what you think um and is there anything else movies tv shows like always yeah We'll talk about that. Um, is there anything else that you had? I can't think of anything offhand. Um, but we'll talk maybe, maybe just about Christmas or some things coming up, how Thanksgiving was, stuff like that. Sounds good. So if you are interested in the non-arcade-related topics, please stay tuned for the after show, which will be shortly after this show. Or if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, of course you won't get that. Um, but make sure you tune to the YouTube page to get that as well. But if this is your exit ramp for tonight, we want to thank you for joining us. And we hope that you all have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Hopefully you have the best one of all time. And we enjoyed having you here tonight as always. Thank you so much for joining us. We are humbled by all of the wonderful donations tonight, Tim. I think we had more donations tonight than we have ever had. Yes, thank Uh, you guys. You guys guys are just fantastic and we could not appreciate that more. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for all of y'all. Just And even for those of you who didn't donate, who are just here watching and listening to us, thank you as well. We appreciate your presence and support. Tim, is there anything you want to say before we exit for the for the after show? Merry Christmas, everybody. There you go. So you guys have a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. And hopefully we'll see you in January or in the after show. But remember here, guys, at Arcade Repair Tips, when we fix the game, we play, play the, the game. game. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.
hat. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.